You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey, 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 boys and girls. I don't know why, but I was just like, I, I don't know why you would know this, but I was hoping you would start with like a, from Garfield's Halloween special with the clown is like, hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me was just like, yeah, he's going to do it. And I was like, why would he do that? <laughs> he doesn't know I want him to. We've never discussed it. Yeah. <laughs> is that, was that just the Halloween special or is that i mean that's the main thing i know it from okay I can, but i, I love that fucking special I used, I used to watch garfield all the time and i could swear that clown was in the show regularly and just terrifying <laughs> terrifying clown because he'd be like right up against the screen yeah. <laughs> anyway hi guys hello uh i'm skeletoni i'm taylor of terror this is the grave plot podcast hey, hey. uh hope, hope you're all enjoying your halloween hangover Right. Yeah, this is the day after Halloween, which... So it's not October-rama anymore. Right. That's, that's be- in the past. The beginning of November-rama, <laughs> which is not a thing. Why are you so loud? I don't know, because I'm a loud person. You are a loud person. <laughs> Big personality over here. <laughs> oh, well, we're both... This is uh, something we should do before we start, normally. Well, I didn't know it was going to sound so goddamn loud. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is... We're still in October when we're recording this, but uh, you guys will hear it on the first. Um, so how was your Halloween, Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. We did so many things. Yeah. You know, Halloween stuff. We went drink-or-treating. Is that a thing? Should, Should be. be. <laughs> I know a lot of people, uh, they, you know, just empathize with the with the parents taking their kids out and, well, paying out beer and stuff to parents. Really? Yeah. Which I don't know the, the legality of that. I think if you're giving it away, it's fine. Unless you're giving it to minors. Well, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think they're, they're carding. Yeah. I mean, it's like, who, you don't know who you're handing it to. It's true. Like, I've seen fucking 16-year-olds look like they're 25. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I mean, do you do you have plans for Halloween? I think we're just going to go to the Zaleskis and watch some spooky movies. Are you? Yeah. Nice, nice. Thanks for the invite, Max. Sorry, we, hey, we probably wouldn't have come anyway. He made sure to invite us before you got there last weekend, so you couldn't go. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> No, it's, you know, both working full-time jobs and a two-year-old in the house, so we just, we don't, we don't do a lot of fun things. Yeah, especially during the week. Right. 
we did some cool stuff last weekend. I don't know That's if true. we talked about it on the show or not. I don't know if we did. Yeah, well, either way, we went to, um, they call it the Haunted Soiree. Sw- sw- the Haunted Soiree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which we did last year. Um, but uh, and it was actually in the same location, which I was, I was kind of hoping it would be in a different place. Me too. But it's fine, I guess. Um, and uh, But it was a different theme, so that was nice. Uh, the Haunted Soiree, I, I, it's... I forget the Meyer, Meyer to Meyer. That's what that's, that's what it is. Organizations yep. called. They do it all around the country. Meyer to Meyer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it is the number two. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, they, they, I think they do it around like like five or six different cities around the country. Uh, I and they, they they move it around every year. They move it to different cities, but somehow Seattle got. It must have been really successful last year. Yeah, because they did two, they did two years in a row here in Seattle. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's it's in a in a historical building up uh, on Capitol Hill in Seattle, um, and uh, they have like rovers that are that are in costume playing characters, and there's like a backstory to the theme. Um, and this one was a was a a, a Russian or you know Slavic. Slavic. Uh, um, mental asylum, um, and like there's a backstory with like the the guy who ran ran it. Who's like you know the what would be the word administrator? No, not uh, like the head doctor. Yeah, uh, with like him and his family, and like they're like the ghosts, and then the, there's also patients there that are ghosts. And anyway, it's 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 fun, and you 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 pay your 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 troll toll, and um, you get a little ticket with um. They did it differently this year. They had wristbands, I think, you, you tore little tabs off of, right? Am I remembering that I, right? I don't recall. Either way, this year, they give you like a little tarot card with skulls around it. And depending on, how, on what tier you paid for, you get a certain amount of cocktails um, that are themed. And they had, what, was it two, Six. Two, two upstairs. One down, two in two, the main two. lounge area, and I think there was two in the other room downstairs. Not not down downstairs, but like the main level. I think there was two in. You're right. Two there in was that two. room, two in that room. And yeah, two, two upstairs, so six. Yeah. Okay. Wait, no. So there there was two upstairs, two in the room off to the right, and then one in the other room. Was it just one? Yeah, because. They had that magician doing the card tricks and shit. Oh yeah. So so five drinks. The other room had a gin drink and a tequila drink, so just no reason to go in there ever. Right. The only thing that I had any interest in drinking was um, they was it uh, it was the whiskey, whiskey apple cider apple cider and was there cinnamon I guess just yeah. Uh, was it called like a falling leaf or something like that? I think so. It was pretty good, uh, and it was the they're. They're pretty stiff, pretty stiff drinks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you paid 80 plus dollars per ticket. The drinks outside, you got there later. You didn't get any of the drinks outside, but the drinks outside were quite stiff. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we'd gotten there earlier, I probably would have had one. But anyway, so we did that. It was a, a two hour event. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was like, I wish they gave you something if you 
figured out the mystery. That's the, that's the thing is they've, they've got these clues and like I said, there's a backstory and these clues you're supposed to find out answers to like what happened to these these ghosts. Um, and it's it's just it's an activity to do, but there's no real benefit, I guess. You don't get anything if you right. if you solve it. Um, and uh, it was the same thing last year. We, we we participated pretty actively in that last year. And this year, I think it was just pretty much just your girlfriend that was, that was actively doing yeah, it. Yeah, I think her and Max's girlfriend, or Max's wife, sorry. Um, what she don't do? Okay. I, th- I think so. Okay. Yeah. that's. I was just enjoying the atmosphere. and, and Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't really feel the need to do a lot of the, the puzzles and stuff. So that's, I like the, like... There was the the monster thing, whatever that was called, the little creature room. Yeah. I like stuff like that, where you like go off into a separate area, and then there's like little puzzles and stuff. I mm-hmm. guess it wasn't really puzzles. You just take things, there's, but there's monsters there trying to scare you. Yeah. It's just, you're picking up like slimy shit, and I think that's really the only thing, like the purpose. Yeah. Like, okay, so I need this. But then at the end, there's like, all right, put it back in the bin. <laughs> right. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I would like to see something like that, but like a little more expansive where the, like the, there was like a puzzle and you needed all these pieces to f- solve the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Or even if just like you get to the end and you're like, here, I got all the pieces. And they're like, oh, here's an extra drink ticket. Even something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Um, anyway, so yeah, we did that. Uh, it was a good time. And then right afterwards. Literally right after. <laughs> uh, we went down and saw Evil Dead the Musical yep. for, for the second time. Just as fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've we t- kind of briefly discussed it. I think it was the same cast. It sure seemed like it. At least the same Ash. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were. I got the impression they were a, a traveling troupe. I believe so. Yeah. Because um, he said that they had done Portland the night before or something like that. Or, yeah. Or we're doing Portland the next night. Something. Like something that. like that. Because he called us Portland accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Anyway, but yeah, we did that. And was it 2019 before was the world went to shit? I guess it must have been. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so yeah, it was nice to do to do stuff like that again. Um. And yeah, and so that that's what we what we've been doing. We sat one row behind the splatter zone. Oh, dude. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until like they started spraying people. <laughs> you like tap me on the shoulder and point it over, and there's I just see the tarp on the wall, and I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it actually like it, it went into our row a little bit. Yeah, it's like, are they going to get us? <laughs> yeah, like I was worried that either a they wouldn't know that we were not in the splash zone, or that we would get like splatter. Yeah, but they were pretty good about avoiding the splatter. Yeah, they got like right up to us. I actually got like a little off spray. Oh, but, you did. Yeah, um, but it we noticed the blood. It was. It's not like anything it's very watery yeah it's it basically just water with red dye in it and we were both wearing all black so i guess yeah. it didn't really mattered <laughs> yeah we, we we both like i said went directly from this cocktail party to the to the musical and we were so we were all both all dressed up yep did you say somebody made a comment in the bathroom line yeah somebody's gonna see i think that's exactly what we said it was like you're all kinds of dressed up yep fancy yep I don't know how we ended. I was like, "Who goes to the theater not dressed up?" <laughs> Perish the thought. <laughs> how the hell did we end up wearing practically the same thing? Dude, I don't know. 
That's so us. We both wore like black slacks, black dress shirts, and black ties. Yeah. And uh, fucking and, and fucking newsy, yes. That was the, the toppers that we both had the, the newsy caps. Yeah. We just I walked up to you guys and we both just stared at each other <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think the only real difference was that you were wearing a vest. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. And suspenders. Well, the thing is, like, you know, that suit is one that I gave you because I bought the wrong size. And she's like, well, I can't return it. So here, you, this should fit you. Yeah. So I have the same, because I bought a, another one in my size. So I have the exact same suit, but I've put on some weight. So I, it doesn't fit anymore. Mm. If it did fit, I probably would have worn it. And I was also wearing different pants because I blew out the crotch in those, in that suit. Well, that's my huge balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this cough. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what we've been doing with our Halloween season, or you know, it's it's more or less over at this point. Yep. But it'll be over by the time you hear this. Yeah. Um, nothing really. Like I said, I mean, we don't really have anything planned on Halloween. Just sitting at home watching, you know, the the, the typical movies. Yep. But anyway. Are you guys, you said, are you going to their house? Yeah. Uh, uh, on Halloween? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the plan anyway. Must be nice to be able to go out on a work night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So anything else up? Anything else new? It's actually been a couple of weeks since we've seen each other. So yeah. <laughs> um, no, not really. Cool. 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 Did we talk about how Universal announced the uh, Horror Unlimited? I think name? we've talked about it in the past. Yeah, the, the name was new. Yes. And they said some very minor new details, but that's it's going to be a must for us. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. They, they haven't really yeah, said much about it. Yeah. What, what, like what to expect, but yeah. I'm going to have to slip away to Vegas because my wife, like, I, I think she has like no interest in going to Las Vegas, so that's a shame. It is a shame. But um you should go see the sphere. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you stay here for a few hours. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Oh, you could just watch that thing for hours. It's cool. <laughs> <coughs> it's like I wonder how often it changes. Like is it daily or I don't know, but the fact that it's on all the time, that kind of bothers me. <laughs> Especially when it's like I assume it's just for Halloween or like the Halloween season, but when it was an eyeball, <laughs> just looking around and it's like hyper realistic. So yeah. Can you imagine if you had like a hotel that was overlooking that? Yeah. Yeah. Like staring directly into your hotel room. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's been, or like when it had the mix on it and you just look out, you're just like Jalen Brunson is looking in my hotel room. <laughs> Get out of here, Jalen. Look at my butthole, Jalen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been God. Well, let's see, the last time I went there was for my dad's fiftieth, and that was thirteen years ago. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm due for another visit. Yeah, we'll go. We will. We will go. We got to check out the other. Was it um, Night Nightmare City or no? The the horror sh- store, and and 
restaurant. Oh, Nightmare Toys? Oh. And restaurant. Yeah, they opened like a bar or a restaurant or something next. Like, I think it's attached to it. Oh, if it's, is it, is it part, of, it's part of that Area 15 thing? I don't know. Oh. Because I was going to say, if it is, I don't think that's open yet. But it is. I, I know somebody's gone to it. Oh. I mean, Nightmare Cafe. Nightmare Cafe. That's the first thing that comes up. There it is. So we got to check trivia. RSVP. I'm going to RSVP us. <laughs> Next year. Yes. We will come May 2024. Probably not. I'm already going to Florida in January, so I will may maybe a bit pre emptive. Mm, yes. But May would be good because that's when Double or Nothing is. The AEW pay-per-view. That's always in Vegas. Uh, I'm gonna do something else. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, let's let's get on with things, shall we? Okay. I mean, unless you have something else. Nope. No. Okay. Well, before I, I do think one of these days we should just do an episode where we just bullshit. There's no know. format. Just talk. Yeah. And people be like, "Are they gonna do horror business or what?" <laughs> Don't worry, guy. Like we'll we'll just c- continually say that we'll get there, and then, and then we never actually do. <laughs> like, like, oh, we're out of time. Yeah, that's our time. It's like, uh, what's up with that? When they constantly bump uh, Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay, so before we get rolling with the show proper, let's take some time to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, these lovely, lovely folks give their hard-earned dollars every month to help keep this show going. Uh, help keep the lights on, you might say. Help keep this train rolling. Um, yeah, it's not an expensive show, but it does cost money. You know, we have to pay for you know this this these wonderful uh, this wonderful sound equipment that we're we're recording through, and uh, where we host our MP3s and our website, all that stuff. Costs money, 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 money. Our Twitter blue. No. <laughs> My Twitter blue. Yeah, like we'd ever fucking do that. I don't know why anyone does that. What's it called now? X Pro? I don't know. I don't. It, it should be care. called Triple X. <laughs> that fucking Twitter is just. It's dying, dying, up. dying. I saw this chart, and I, I don't know the legit- legitimacy of it, but I saw this chart of. Uh, um, user um base not not the base but like uh you know time people spend using it oh okay all the all the other social media platforms have you know they they kind of spiked a little bit over the last year but you know nothing major except snapchat snapchat seems to be skyrocketing okay i saw this too and then i was like people still use snapchat apparently um, Everyone's sending photos of their buttholes to each other. I, I guess so. I mean, there I, you go, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we got his number or his, his snap name and send our set pictures of our buttholes, but then they're <laughs> they're gone in thirty seconds. <laughs> Which I guess is a good format if you want to send somebody a picture of your butthole because then they they can't have it, and if they take a screenshot of it, it, it tells you that's true. I assume like I, it used to. Yeah, anyways, I haven't used. I think I still have it on my phone, but I haven't used it in I don't know how long. Anyway, but everything else, yeah, seems to be on a at least subtle incline, except Twitter. Just <laughs> um, and like if I thought 
Musk was a smart person, which I don't. <laughs> I would think that he had some kind of plan to like like he was planning to do this, like just completely dive bomb a, comp- a company who was very uh, not critical. The company itself wasn't critical of him, but users yeah. were basically using it as a as a platform to roast him, mm-hmm. and so he bought it because he's a petulant little child. Yeah. Um, but uh, then he bought it for four billion. Is that how much he paid for it? Forty four billion. Forty four billion. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way in hell that Twitter was ever worth that much. Even in its heyday, um, but uh, and now he's he's just tanking it, and like I, I I like I said, if I thought he was a smart person, I'd think it was a plan. But I think he's just not smart. <laughs> yeah, and now he's like, we're adding calling to Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want is for, you know, Trump fan forty seven to fucking call me on right. my Twitter and tell me how gay I am. <laughs> And then talking about like uh, you know was it Philippines and New Zealand where they implement or they have implemented or will, are planning to implement a, a one dollar subscription fee yeah in a, in a in an attempt to stop bots yeah which you can read for free right but, but if you, you want to like retweet or post you have to pay a dollar it's a dollar a year is it okay I, okay I guess I didn't know that but which is is nothing but it's also like. Extortion. Why? <laughs> I was like, why? Like, what? There's no value in that for you. Like, yeah, it's like w- trying to keep the bots out. It's like, why? What? What point? What's the point? <laughs> like, if anything, bots make they boost your numbers. It's true. They make it look like Twitter's more successful than it actually is. Yeah. So, again, unless he's secretly a genius and is is just trying to tank Twitter for some reason. But I, I really doubt it. Last I heard, the value is now $4 billion. <laughs> Ouch. So it's lost. 40. But yeah, I was trying to do percentages, but that's not oh. going to happen. No, it's <laughs> a thousand. Thousand, thousand percent. <laughs> it's gone down to thousand percent in value. Maybe. <laughs> Guys, follow us on threads. Yeah, threads and... Well, I mean, we have Spoutable, but nobody seems to be using it. Yeah, it's not taking it's off just, the way I was hoping. It's just like political pundits, but yeah. like left-wing political pundits, which is fine, but it, there's not a lot of just normal people using it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I don't care. <laughs> I, the, the, <laughs> I want to read about politics, I'll watch the news, or I'll, yeah, I'll read news articles. The best thing for any uh, social media site is sports. If they get sports going, it's going to be strong. That's That's my opinion. That's why Threads needs trends because they need people to be able to like go in and talk about a specific game. Yeah, that seems to be the at this point that seems to be the the only thing. Trends and hashtags. They still they have hashtags, don't Mm -mm. they? I could have sworn they did. You sure about that? (laughs) Yeah. They don't work. You can put in a hashtag, but it won't do anything. Huh. Interesting. Well, okay, so that then hashtags and trends. That's really the only two things that Threads is missing. Yeah, they just added polls and GIF support. Yep, yep. And uh, they let you uh, switch between accounts. Yeah. Not on desktop, though. Really? Yeah, you got to log out and log back in. It's annoying. I know. Well, you know, Meta's always been more focused on app. Well, not always, but in the last 
10 years have been has been more focused on apps than they have on desktop. That's true. Because <laughs> who uses a fucking computer, you know? <laughs> I mean, I can download apps on my computer, so I just downloaded the, the app and I use the use it in tablet mode. Fair. Anyway. Oh, so uh, anyway, <laughs> how did we get there? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's so us. <coughs> anyway, so grave diggers um, again help contribute. Or they, they you know they give their hard earned dollars every month. They don't have to, but they do because they love us and they help I, keep I ads off this show. Yes, probably not. We probably still wouldn't have ads. We probably wouldn't, but we would try. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey guys, let's uh, take a break for an ad spot. And we're back. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we want to thank Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Nesgoda, and all the other gang, all the rest of the gang. Not, not the other gang, the rest of We the only gang. have one gang. It's just the one. The Great Plot Gang. Yeah. Uh, we call the Nameless Ghouls. Hopefully we don't... Say, so hopefully I don't get sued for that, but there's other things we could get sued for. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys from the bottoms of our hearts. Hearts. Or horts. Horts. Um, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash greatplotpodcast. You can join the gang for as little as $1. $5, get your name on the show. You also get discounts to the Great Plot Podcast discounts. merchandise store. Great Plot Film Fest tickets are going to be on sale uh, now. And if you're a Patreon patron, you can get a discount on them. So Discount! Uh, make sure to check out greatplotfilmfest.com. Yes, sir. The poster will also be live by now, and it's boss. It's bowling. It's pretty badass. Um, yeah, and so do entries end? So the regular deadline... Is the thirty first right? So yes. as of the first, the entries aren't closed, but the extended deadline begins. Yes, right? you have to pay a late fee. Okay, so at this point, if you're planning on submitting, you have to pay a late fee. But we still encourage you to do so because compared to other festivals, we're our, cheap. Our entry fee is nothing. That's true. <laughs> uh, and honestly, because we're a small festival, you have a better chance of getting in. That's also true. <laughs> So check us out at Great Blood Podcast or no Great Great Blood Film Fest dot com. Hey babes, check us out. <laughs> uh, okay, anything else before we get into the show? No. All right, let's do some more business. All right, starting out in real world horror, we're going to take a little trip to the South Pacific. Of course we are. <laughs> when we talk about real world horror, there's usually two places that we'll spend most of our time. Central America and Florida. <laughs> well, and then... And sometimes London. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is none of, neither, there's, that's none of these places. Oh. 
Well, normally we would. <laughs> this is the South Pacific, not the South true. Atlantic. That's true. I'll, I'll guess it's not even the South. Florida isn't the South Atlantic. I guess that's the North Atlantic. Wouldn't like New York and Pennsylvania be the North Atlantic? Well, I mean, if, if you're thinking of the mid the globe as a whole, Florida yeah. would be mid Atlantic, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of the mid Atlantic uh, accent? I don't think it's so. Something I just learned the proper name of. Uh, it's like how like um, Fraser Crane and Vincent Price and Audrey Hepburn talk, where it's like almost sounds like it's British, but it isn't. Hmm. It's a fake accent that people put on, and it's called the Mid Atlantic accent. Interesting. Yeah, I just learned about that. I don't know about a month ago. Um, and like it always sounded so fancy, you know, especially like back in the heyday of, of Hollywood, you know, when you had people like Vincent Price and Audrey Hepburn and stuff working, it was a, it was a pretty prominent thing amongst what, what you might consider A-list actors. Um, and, but now to look back on it now, it just seems so ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you heard somebody walking around talking in a mid-Atlantic accent and you'd be like, what a dick. <laughs> is that like what Nicolas Cage is trying to do in Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what Nicolas Cage is doing in that. I, I never know what Nicolas Cage is trying to do. <laughs> anyway, so South Pacific is where we are now, specifically in the Philippines. So predominantly Catholic country. Mm, so you yes. can see where this is going. <laughs> Class is canceled at a local high school following a mass possession. Oh, God. They canceled classes at a public high school, presumably, because people were, were possessed. Go on. Now, Tell me more. Now, we'll just, yeah, let, let that <laughs> roll around in your mouth a little I bit. I need more info. <laughs> the castles were canceled after a staggering 14 students were seemingly possessed by an evil spirit. The case occurred last week. <laughs> oh, God. Tony's possessed by evil spirit. Man, this cough, it's been going on for like a month now. I finally had to go to the doctor. I got some antibiotics and some um, uh, uh, steroid to try and clear this up. Yeah, you're going to get jacked. It's so swole, bro. It's going to be all water weight, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, occurred last week at the Hinawanan. High, National High School, National High School, huh? in the community of Loy. Probably, probably, yeah, that's right to me. A uh, student who is said to be gifted with a third eye claimed to see. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine living in a culture where it's just like, oh yeah, that that kid. He's got a third eye. Yeah. That, that that's the psychic kid. Yeah. We, we all know that yeah. kid, of course. We trust everything he says. I <laughs> uh, claim to see a shadow figure at the school. Uh, oh, no. In response, administrators had a, held a special mass. Oh, so this was probably a Catholic This has event. to be. Okay. <clears throat> uh, held a special mass to eradicate the suspected sinister uh, spirit, but this only exacerbated the situation. What does exacerbate mean? 
means to make things worse. I'm just kidding, you guys. That, that's that's from Shaun of the Dead. I know I know what exacerbate means. Um, <clears throat> a few days later, after the initial sighting, a whopping four- nope. This is a public school. Oh, bother. Well, I mean, you know, we here in America enjoy the freedom of religion uh, and also the freedom from religion. V, v card. V card. <laughs> is, just, that, is that like a count of how many kids still have their V card? <laughs> it just says download V card. Like you can download the school's virginity. <laughs> the school school uh, at whole. Um, at whole, all right. Hey. A few new days after the initial sighting, a whopping 14 students at the school suddenly began screaming and exhibiting an uncanny level of strength. You know, I'll take you guys back to the 17th century in a little town called Salem, Massachusetts, (laughs) when uh, a group of children started expressing, you know, portraying themselves as being possessed they were lying like they came out eventually and said that they were lying but as a result many people were executed as witches yeah i feel like this is one of three things although two of them could be combined this is mass hysteria and or uh power of suggestion or it's a bunch of kids trying to get out of class yeah probably could be all three it could be all three that's true um but Okay, so school administrators were somehow able to bring the youngsters to a priest who performed an exorcism on the group. Can you imagine that happening anywhere, like, except for, like, maybe, like, the Deep South here in in the U.S.? No. Can you imagine the fucking hellfire that would be brought down on those school administrators? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you can't say hellfire, though, because it's... You know, church and state. Just regular fire. Just regular fire. State fire. They were subsequently taken to the hospital for observation while classes were canceled for the rest of the week. So they went to a priest and then to a hospital. Right. <laughs> you know, when I wanted to get out of school, I just say, Mom, I don't feel well. I got a stomachache. I think it might be a demon. <laughs> yeah, these kids took it to a whole other level. Yeah. Um, th- th- like th- that's intense. Like, is this just is this normal? I wonder if this was coordinated. Like, did third eye kid just be like, all right, since I got the, th- they think I got the third eye, I'll say I saw like a shadowy figure or something, and then you guys all just get possessed. Yeah, just like start going and like throw chairs across the room. Yeah. Uh, a police of- official, a police official, mused that in my assessment, it's it's po- <laughs> it's possible. This is this is a police official. <laughs> Keep that in mind. A police official is saying that it is in fact possible that these children were possessed. <laughs> what? What world do they exist in? <laughs> How is this? How is it possible that in the 21st century, something like this could exist? I don't know. But I, it does in multiple places, as we've found out from doing this podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, 
Can't wait for you to read this next line. Uh, he said that in my assessment, it is possible that the student had become possessed and, quote, despite not being particularly aggressive. He's, he's a calm demon. <laughs> that wasn't the line. I was, the next line is the one I'm waiting so for. Just Guys, I just want you to know, before anything gets out of hand, I am currently possessed. <laughs> Name's Pazuzu. Nice to meet you. <laughs> now let's just handle this calm. I'm just trying to learn algebra. That's all. <laughs> I don't want any trouble. <coughs> I do have 13 friends who would like to possess you, if that's okay. <laughs> the education system in hell is abysmal. We just want a chance to learn, like anybody else. <laughs> uh, this position was echoed by the psychic... <laughs> Who is reportedly enlisted by the school? <laughs> Fuck's sake. And concluded that indeed the kids had fallen victim to some some kind of spiritual retaliation on the part of a dark force. What does that mean? It's spiritual retaliation retaliation it, for what? It means nothing. It's, I mean, like, you hear about double talk, it's spiritual double talk. Like, what, I mean, what, what good is a psychic who, you know, are, are fake? I mean, let's, let's just be real here. <laughs> what good is a psychic who comes in and says, no, everything's fine? It's true. You got to make people sweat. So they, they pay. Yeah. Like ghost hunters. Right. Or ghost adventurers. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they have cameras and Jankos. In a Jenko habit that they have to feed. Gotta bring those that Jinko dollars in. That's true. They're getting harder to find. <laughs> are they back? Are they? I think they are. Why? <laughs> Fucking nineties, man. It's like people are yearning for simpler times. Dream of the nineties is alive in Portland. <laughs> uh <laughs> anyway. So that's the Philippines, guys. So this just this reminded me. I started watching that um, Suburban Screams show. Uh-huh. I just watched the first episode, which uh, Kevin says is is the worst one. So I, I can't speak to that, but I can tell you, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, my wife was watching it. And it's like I was doing something, maybe jerking like, off. Yeah, just yeah, sitting in the living room jerking off right next to my wife. It's it's normal. It's not you don't do that. You're like, you wanna? And she's like, no. You're like, all right. I'm just gonna take care of myself then. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the noise you make? <laughs> noise I make? <laughs> That's only I only make that noise when I want to make a production out of it. <laughs> <coughs> Does she just turn the TV up louder? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think maybe it was sitting there, maybe drawing something. Anyway, she was watching it and I just kind of like glance up every once in a while. And anyway, yeah, I, I, you were launching into a story. So I'll, well, yeah, I'll, like, I'll let you. I mean, first of all, why would you put the worst episode first? That doesn't make me want to keep watching. It's, it's not a good idea. But like this episode, the guy makes a makeshift Ouija board out of a pizza box. <laughs> now that sounds ridiculous. 
But people thinking that Ouija boards are real, that is also ridiculous. Here's my question about Ouija boards. Aren't they just a vessel for a ghost to talk? Yes. So why do people think that it opens some kind of doorway or something? Because they're dumb. If I just put out a keyboard... And, and a, you know, a monitor and said, hey, ghost, type something. No one's going to be like, oh, that's going to summon them. <laughs> it's the same thing. Anyways, he summons this ghost and then starts having, like, visions of the ghost. And he starts, like, following the ghost and having conversations with the ghost. And this is all supposed to be true. Yeah, and they were, like, interviewing the guy and also his former friends. Yeah, his former roommate. Like, this guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> I mean, in, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but... Yeah, they're just like, he started really just obsessing. I'm like, that's another word for he lost his fucking mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think my wife's stuck with it either. Uh, and he kept talking about, like, I had to get my girlfriend off off the smack, you know. She was on the junk, and I just had to get her off. And I was just like, maybe you were on the junk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you sure it wasn't? You sure about that? Yeah. Sure it wasn't both of you? Sure about that's why? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I like. I knew people were gonna watch it because it had Carpenter's name on sure. it. Sure, um, but man, that guy. Like, I I can only assume he was very proud of it. <laughs> Otherwise, why would you put your name on that? Like, it was duty. I mean, the premise seems interesting enough, but to start with that episode was just like I said. I don't know why you would lead off with that. I don't know. Anyway, anyway Philippines. Hey. All right, so checking the calendar, it's right around the end of Halloween. You know what that means. It's time for our annual update on Trick or Treat 2 from Michael Doherty. <laughs> Ten years ago, guys, Michael Doherty announced that Trick or Treat 2 was happening. No way. Really? He did. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Was t- that was when he was with Seth Green? It was our first episode. That's right. We talked about that. You're right. Yep. Uh, and last year... Doherty said at Beyond Fest that Trick or Treat 2 was in, quote, very active development. Here we are 12 months later. No more updates. <laughs> Except for an interview with Collider, uh, which was after a Q&A during a post-screening of Trick or Treat. Uh, Doherty said, I will say this because we said, that, said it last year at the Beyond Fest screening. The sequel is in active development with Legendary. Okay, I so- hate that term. I hate active development. That's that's one of those industry terms that just bugged the shit out of me. Yeah, like that it means nothing. It yeah. it could mean you wrote Trick or Treat two on a page, and that's it. Right. Like, yep, I started writing it. Yeah, maybe it means something to people in the business, but it means nothing to me. All that means is like, yeah, exactly that. Somewhere like between we're talking about somewhere it. between that and Final Cut. Right. Like, that's a big span. <laughs> Uh, He did continue on saying, I'll go so far as to say that we have several drafts of a script. I brought back the same storyboard artist I mentioned before, Simeon Wilkins. So we have a stack of storyboards and a good fat stack. (laughs) Good fat stack of concept art done by Breen Burns as well. So it's inching along. I'm hoping to talk to Legendary. They've been wonderful, like great collaborators. But so much of it is timing. And as you know, we just got out of a strike. So the next step, fingers crossed, would be looking at budget, of course. Schedule and all the rest. But we have a really, really great script for a sequel. 
and I brought in my co-writer from Krampus to do it with me. So Zach Shields and Todd Casey also helped me write Trick or Treat Part 2. Hey, you know when there wasn't a strike? In the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's still a strike. Well, the actor strike, yeah. Right. But, but as a, a writer, he can... Sure, yeah. Right he now. couldn't have been writing up until then. But I mean, even if he was to finish the script tomorrow, he couldn't start filming. Right. Uh, meanwhile, to whet your appetite a little bit, the Trick or Treat 15th Anniversary Omnibus is currently available on Kickstarter. This is a special edition featuring the original Trick or Treat graphic novel adaptation uh, with four evocatively illustrated tales of horror interwoven into one forget- unforgettable Halloween night. As the unsettling figure known as Sam pays a visit to an unsuspecting... You've seen the movie. <laughs> also featured is Trick or Treat Days of the Dead, the sequel graphic novel that features Sam on a journey back through Halloween history. Discover old world lovers whose romance takes a chilling turn and Western pioneers who discover the dark side of the frontier. Travel to 1950s Los Angeles for a tale of pure horror noir and into the heart of small town America to see some pranksters taught a lesson they'll never forget. I have this. I've read it. I have it too. I just don't know where it is. I, maybe it's maybe it's with my comics. Mine's right here on this shelf. It's a good place for it. Yep. Um, I mean that alone that that'd be a fine movie. I don't know how they would interwove interweave it since there's all different time frames, but yeah, I mean honestly, Sam's inclusion is is enough. I think sure. Yeah, I mean the 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 thing about Trick or Treat that is so great is that it is one of those anthologies that interweaves the 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 story so seamlessly. In in a way that I I can't think of another movie that does it that well. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, and so yeah, that that's that's kind of one of the things that made the original Trick or Treat so great. Whether or not you need to continue that into the sequel to make the sequel great, I I don't know for sure. But I don't know. I'm sure if Doherty can do it once, he can do it again. Yeah. And, I mean, I know he's also teasing a, a, a Krampus, too. Which, I mean, maybe, you know, they'll make it better. Actually, like, show the Krampus and stuff. They showed him at the end. But he was wearing the mask. The Santa mask. Oh, you mean without the mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Also, I don't know why this wasn't in the article. I originally got this from, but he does say the working title is Trick or Treat 2. Go figure. Uh, and we came up with a proper nemesis for Sam that would give Brian Cox a run for his money. And me and you were talking about this. We were texting back and forth. We don't really know how we feel about that. Like, does Sam need a big bad? I, yeah. I, don't. I never really saw Brian Cox, you know, Mr. Krieg, as like a nemesis. Yeah. He was, he was, just, a, he was oh. just another story. Yeah. One that happened to be, and it wasn't like he was like actively fighting against Sam. He was just anti-Halloween, right? Which you know everybody else. So I mean, there there are only two characters who get it from Sam directly. That's Krieg and Leslie Bibb's character. I, I can't remember if she even had a name. I, if they did, I, I don't remember if they even said it. Um, everybody else gets you know everybody who dies or gets attacked gets gets it from somebody else. That's true. Um, and, uh, and but, Sam just kind of oversees. Yeah. I never really saw Sam as this hero or anti-hero. He was just, he's just the guy doing his job. Yeah. He's just a, a, a policeman really. Yeah. 
I think, didn't we call him the sheriff of Halloween in our drunken cinemas? Probably. Something like that. That sounds like something we'd say. Yeah. Uh, this omnibus also includes a Kickstarter exclusive, all new, never published story from creator Michael Doherty with cover art by Zid uh, and a deluxe omnibus slipcase, all of which will not be available in retail, as well as a new story called Trick or Treat Haunted. Uh, Breen Burns painted the gorgeous cover for Trick or Treat Haunted, and Burns also illustrated the interiors and co wrote the brand new story. Uh, Breen Burns did a lot of the art for Trick or Treat, and I believe is also the man credited for creating or not for designing Sam. Oh, really? I thought Doherty designed him. That was what I read earlier today. Hmm. Well, all right. So if, if you're interested in that, uh, it's $60. On Kickstarter. That's a lot of money to, to just throw down, especially on something where most of it exists already. <laughs> yeah, like I don't have the graphic novel adaptation of the movie. I would like to get it. And then like I would just like this new story. I don't really need like a you know exclusive edition or a, a special artwork or special case or anything like that. Yeah. I just want the content. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like I already have Trick or Treat. I, I like I own it on Blu-ray. Oh, the movie, yeah, yeah. And I I have Days of the Dead. I have uh, like this making of book that is is apparently pretty rare because I know my wife had to buy it like I think off eBay. Um, and it's it's like a lot of great content. Um, I I don't have the the graphic novel adaptation, um, either. But it's like I have a lot of this stuff already, and like I don't, I don't know how much I need because you know the the back uh, behind the scenes or the making of book, it has a lot of like production art and stuff. I assume a lot of it would be included in this. So it's like I've seen a lot of this stuff already. Yeah, it's like I would I would like it just to have it because that way you have because then you have it. But I don't know that I'd want to. Like, it's not something I would buy for myself, I guess. Not for $60, anyways. But if you are, you know, just got a money burning a hole in your pocket and you're looking for some trick-or-treat stuff to to spend it on, head over to Kickstarter. You know, I tell you what I would do. If I could donate $60 to make Trick-or-Treat 2 come up faster, fucking A. I I would do that. You can get a digital version for $15 if you want to read it on your fucking Kindle or whatever. Or whatever the fuck people do. Whatever people do. I don't know. Trick or treat. Just give us trick or treat too. That's all I fucking want. All right, moving on from Halloween into the most wonderful time of year, as the Halloween, call it. it's Christmas. It's, there's a song about it. There's a whole thing. Oh, never heard it. <laughs> never heard it. <laughs> Is it by Mariah Carey? Yep. Because that's a, every Christmas song is actually by Mariah Carey. I thought I thought that was the case. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny, like. 
I think I have, it's gotten to the point, and even though they haven't made these commercials and I don't even know how long, I think I've gotten to a point where I actually associate Andy Williams' most wonderful time of the year with, I think it was Office Depot or Staples. <laughs> uh, and they would run it at like the end of August for uh, school supplies. Oh. Or, and it, it was basically like there's, there's these two kids standing in the store just like, you know, looking like pissed off. And this parent, their parent would have like the shopping cart full of like school supplies just like zipping back and forth down the aisle. And it's like, most wonderful time. Because the kids are going back to school. Yeah. Because fuck them kids. Is that what's playing at the beginning of Krampus when they're in the store? Um, fighting? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Anyway. But this is a good bridge from Halloween to Christmas because we're going to be talking about Terrifier 3. We, of course, are... Glug, 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 Christmas time, Christmas time, drinking on Christmas. Christmas. Um, anyway, we've made no secret about how much we love Terrifier, the Terrifier movies. Um, and, uh, of course, Terrifier and Terrifier 2 both take place on subsequent Halloweens. Um, but... Terrifier 3 has recently been revealed to be a Christmas movie. So we get to see Sam, or not Sam, <laughs> Art, uh, slaying through the night. I get it. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a pun. Yes. Is that a pun? <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, upcoming is, of course, the um, theatrical re-release of Terrifier 2, which we will be seeing... Well, today, I guess. Yep. This 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 is the first, and it's going to be screening on the first and second, I believe. And we are going to be go, going to see it. Um, but uh, Damien Leone uh, revealed that he will be, uh, well, that, uh, that the re-release will be featuring a um, first look at uh, Terrifier 3. Um, a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, it's like, why am I going to go see a movie that I've seen in the theater already? You know, a lot of people already own it, you know, like this guy here. <laughs> I've, I've done both of those things. And it's like, why would I want to go pay to see it again in the theater? Well, that's because it's going to feature a um, two-minute long first pe- or, you know, sneak peek at Terrifier 3. Um, yeah, Leonie was... A lot of people were saying, I think... I think a lot of this was coming from the the Art the Clown Appreciation Society Facebook group. People were saying, "Yeah, you know, I don't really want to go see it in the theater again, if I, or you know, pay theater prices just to see the same movie, you know, for a you know twenty thirty second little gimmick for Terrifier three. And he responded directly to these people saying, "Hey, you know, that's not the case. This is going to be a full two minute or over two minute long sneak peek." he says, you are going to fucking love it. He says fucking, so you know he means business. Mm, that's aggressive. <laughs> Maybe he's possessed because <laughs> he's being aggressive, but not too aggressive. Well, as we know now, demons don't have to be aggressive right. when they possess people. <laughs> um, let's see. Ahead of the Terrifier 3 release, which will be coming into theaters November 1st. No, that's the Terrifier 2. This is ahead of the Terrifier oh, 3 teaser. Sorry, I misread this. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, the, the Terrifier 3 teaser will be showing 
with the Terrifier 2 re-release on November 1st and, and 2nd. Um, I think that depends on where you are. I don't know if they're doing two nights everywhere. If maybe it's just in certain cities. I haven't heard. Um, yeah, the first uh, poster was revealed online, which revealed the um, the, the Christmas theme. theme because, yeah, Sam... Or, God damn <laughs> Art is, uh, you know, he's standing by a Christmas tree in a fireplace, and he's got Santa hat on. I think he's wearing Santa's face. Face around his neck. Yeah, like a mask. What, like a necklace, kind of. Well, I, I, it almost looked like a mask that was, like, pulled down or something. It could be. Either way. And then, of course, he's got his bag of goodies and uh, a big old axe. Yep. <laughs> I was talking about this with my dad, and, like, I don't know. We were both kind of like on the fence. Well, my dad, as he pretty much ex- expressly said, he didn't like it. And I was kind of on the fence about it. Something about it just didn't. I don't know. Have you seen it? The poster? Yeah. Yeah. Something about it didn't look right. And I can't really put my finger on what it was because it, it definitely looked like a like a throwback, like 80s slasher vhs cover um but i don't know maybe something about the axe was throwing me because art has never used an axe well has he i I can't recall him using an axe i don't know off the top of my head he always used something more creative not just you know a, a pretty standard element to kill like an axe yeah i mean it's very colorful which is against the norm of of the past two posters yeah I think Terrifier 2 poster was kind of colorful. Yeah, but it had like Halloween colors. Yeah, it's it's still dark. Yeah. Or there's this is much kind of brighter and I'm you know, festive looking. Right. It's festive. Um but yeah, I mean like it, it like I said, it definitely looks like something you'd see on a VHS cover from a especially like a like a Christmas horror movie. It's just, it's got that kind of art style. It's almost looked a little washed out. Yeah, well, this is also a photo of it. It's not like a scan. So That's true. And it's, and it's laminated, so that can also fuck with the lights. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see it firsthand, which, you know, if you go to see it, uh, if you're, you know, I, I assume they only have a limited supply. 100. Per theater? I assume so. Okay. Well, we're seeing it at the first showing on the first night, so... Although it's like I don't have room for posters anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like my girlfriend would let me put it up. <laughs> Fair. I mean, it would, like it would go up in my office, and that'd be awesome. But I, I don't have anywhere in my office to put it. Anyway, um, also, uh, Leone was doing an interview with uh, Slash Film, and I think they're asking him about like if, if there are any. Um, franchises that he would want to be a part of, you know, I think he would want to reboot. And he said, I've been on the record for quite some time, some quite some time now saying I, if I could re- ever remake one slasher film, it would be Friday the 13th. So that's exciting. I mean, the, the, the prospect of that is exciting, right? Anybody doing anything with Friday the 13th is still way up in the air. Sure. But... Um, except Peacock, apparently. Yeah, I think they can do TV rights, but making a movie is a different, right. whole different animal. You know, it used to be so easy. 
<laughs> and then fucking Victor Miller had to fuck fucking, everything up. Fucking Miramax. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, Jason was always my favorite slasher. a boy. Uh, since I was a little kid. Uh, and I think there's a way to, I mean, my approach would be to keep it in the 80s, honestly. Which uh, I would have it, I would have it take place in the early 80s. I would try to make it him as scary as possible, because I feel like that's something they kind of lost at the mo- as the movies went along. You just start getting too comfortable with these villains, and you need to be scared of them again. Uh, he says, "Believe it or not, I've actually talked to some people, some people who are execs who are in charge of that franchise." He says, "I think I'm a little too obscure, still a little too obscure on that Hollywood list of people that they would approach to direct that film." See, that's what we need. Yeah. Like, the reason, well, not the reason, but uh, uh, one of the reasons that so many of these remakes fail is you're hiring these people who are too big. Like, they don't have that, uh, that you know, independent feel to them. It's like it, it becomes a studio movie, and mm-hmm. that's... That's what ruins it. Yeah. You need that grit, that like DIY style. Exactly. And, you know, watching Terrifier 2, or sorry, Terrifier, Terrifier 2, um, where, you know, Terrifier 1 had that more kind of grindhouse look to it. Terrifier 2 was still a little, was a little more polished, but still had that kind of independent feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I think uh, he's the perfect person to do it. I, I, I can't think of another uh, director, like off the top of my head, who would be a better fit to direct Friday the 13th. But you and I were talking about it, and it's like, I my one concern is that he would go too over the top with the gore yeah, and kind of lose touch with the franchise because Friday the 13th was never really about the, the gore. It was just the, the brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, where, you know, Terrifier 2, or the Terrifier movies have both. <laughs> right. You know, brutality and over-the-top gore. And I just think if he could dial back the gore to be something a little more better suited for Friday the 13th than Terrifier, then I think we'd be, we'd be on to something good here. I posted on Facebook, I think it was yesterday. It's like, I'm, I really want just a Friday the 13th movie directed by Damien Leone. And I want a Nightmare on Elm Street directed by Mike Flanagan. Why is that so hard? Why why can't that happen? And Devin Sawa wants to be Freddy, and I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I'd be willing to try it out if I could see him like in the makeup. In the makeup, yeah. And the voice. The voice is a big part of it. That is a big part of it. That is one thing that I really liked about Jackie Earl Haley is the way he talked. I thought that was good. Yeah. Because he was trying to replicate the, the voice of somebody who's had, you know, an actual burn victim. Somebody who's had the, their larynx burned. Mm-hmm. I, I think that worked pretty effectively. It was the rest of the design that looked stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> but. <clears throat> and the directing. It was just directing bad. was just so bad. Sam Bear's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and the, the, the plot was so dumb. And Sam Bear being like, oh, I didn't make this movie for all the people who like the first one, even though I put in a bunch of references and right. moments from the first one. Yeah, even though this is an actual remake. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so I guess that's it. But yeah, 
if we if we could get Friday Thirteenth from Leone and Nightmare on Elm Street rebooted by Mike Flanagan, like honestly, he's perfect for that. Yeah, like I think what would really, I mean, aside from all all the great work that he's done, I think if you look at um, Doctor Sleep, I think that is a good example of what Nightmare on Elm Street could be. Yeah. And I mean, likewise, you can look at um, Hush, and that's, you know, basically his Halloween. Yeah. But anyway. And especially Mike Flanagan, you know, back around, you know, Hush was, he was relatively unknown. But he's 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 almost a household name now. Yeah. With all the stuff he's done for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Follow the House of Usher yet? No. Are you going to? Maybe. I will. I just need to get around to it. <laughs> yeah. I got other things I want to watch first. Exactly. Like I've been holding off on a lot of stuff because I've been watching stuff, you know, horror movies for, well, I mean, the show, obviously, but also um, it's in my it's free for time. Halloween. It's for Halloween, yeah. But once Halloween is done and over with, I'll switch gears back to getting caught up with stuff, especially season two of Shorzy. Yeah, I've only watched half of that. I watched the first three episodes. Mm, good stuff? Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, let's move on. Right, so I think we might have discussed this previously, but there is a reboot of uh, Blackula coming out. Uh, this is a, a reboot, not a remake. And it's looking like it's going to be out right around this time next year. Uh, in a new piece on Variety, reporting on a 50th anniversary screening of the original classic taking place at the Fine Arts Theater in Beverly Hills, uh, the site notes that the upcoming Blackula reboot is slated for release next Halloween. The new film is a modern reimagining. Oh, so I guess it is a reimagining. I don't know why I thought it took place after. I thought it was like a, a legacy sequel. Mm. Uh, modern, re- modern reimagining of the 1972 movie. So there's going to be cell phones. Uh, directed by William Crane and starring William Marshall as Blackula. The reboot picks up where the original. Okay. The reboot picks up where the original saga left off. Yeah. William Marshall is. He, he, he played Blackula in the originals. Okay, so why does it say it's a reimagining of the 1972 movie, and then it says picks up where the original saga left off after the 1973 sequel, Scream, Blackula, Scream? Oh, wait. The 1972 movie was directed by William Crane and starring William Marshall. <laughs> oh, wait. Mm. The, re- the reboot picks up where they... So this is, yeah, probably like a legacy sequel. But it also says it's a modern re- reimagining. That's that's I'm, I'm it, these two lines seem to contradict each other. I mean, it's just like Scream or Halloween. I mean, those are reboots, but they're legacy sequels. I guess, but the, I don't know. It, it directly says it's a reimagining of the 1972 movie. <sighs> Maybe they meant franchise. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Here, well, here's the lo- like. I honestly, when people throw around terms like reboot and remake and reimagining, 
I honestly don't think they know what they mean. No, they don't. <laughs> Which let's let's lay it out here, guys. A remake is remaking the same movie, retelling the same yeah the original movie. Yeah, a reimagining is a remake. Let's cut the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a reimagining of a book, that that can be a different like that's more of a re uh, adaptation. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, a reboot is basically restarting the franchise. So it's a legacy sequel is a reboot. Right. So let's let's cut the bullshit. Remake and reboot are the only words we need. Right. <laughs> but I know there was just this like burnout on remakes, so they started to come up with all these new words. Yeah. Well, it's not really a remake. It's more of a reimagining. Remember when pre-boot was a thing? Or was that us? Did we, did we coin that? <laughs> it was pre-make. Pre-make. Pre-make was a thing. Right. Which I guess it still is, but I think we really came up term. with requel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds more like us. <laughs> Which is a legacy sequel. Right. Uh, the tagline for the movie is Blackula is an ancient African uh, prince who is cursed by Dracula after he fails to agree to end the slave trade. Blackula is entombed and awakens 200 years later, ready to avenge the death of his ancestors and of those responsible for robbing his people of their work, culture, and heritage as they appropriated it for profit. Okay, so that does sound like a reimagining of the original movie. Yeah. Also, they basically just explain exploitation. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, how do you make an ex? How do you make an exploitation film? In the 21st century, and why would you? That's an excellent, excellent question. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, I presume, going to be directed by, let's see. Uh, Deion well, Deion Taylor. Taylor is co-writing with Micah Renum, Branham. I uh, don't know who is directing. Okay. Well, let's presume it's going to be a... a, a Black person. It sounds like Dion Taylor is is directing. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I, I don't know was William. I can't remember if William Crane is black or not. Um. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like black exploitation. I've I've seen several of them in my life. And it's never like I think I don't know. It's it, it's it's weird because it's it's such I think like a a double edged sword for for the black community. Like whereas you know some part of it's like heralded and and revered, and other part just thinks. It's Thinks it's like insulting, yeah. <laughs> Which I get both points, right? Yeah. Um. So I I, just, I don't know how you can make a movie like that now and have it be received well. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe the plan is to make it less exploitative and more kind of empowering. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can compare it to, at least like right off top of my head, you know. Very, very similar in every aspect is Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd necessarily qualify that as a black exploitation film. No, I wouldn't. 
Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not black, so. <laughs> it's true. He's not. I've seen it. Um, uh, Deion Taylor said in a statement, Blackula is arguably one of the most prestigious black franchises and so and so important to the culture as it birthed a groundswell of black exploitation horror films, which changed the game for how our people were seen on the big screen. That kind of to your point there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we did talk about the original movie on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that if you want. We did. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I remember watching it, but it's like, this didn't really seem like something I would just sit down and watch. So, I must, yeah, we must have done it for the show. Yeah, I don't remember if it was a... The Black History Month? Maybe. Yeah. Might have been it. Or... Because I, I don't think it was a Week of the Vampire one. Uh, probably not. I don't know. You can go check it out and uh, check out the, the new version coming... Uh, October 2024. All right, so in the last was it, couple of years, I guess, two, three years, uh, you know, evil dolls has become a thing again. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chucky obviously was always the the, the front runner. Mm-hmm. He's been around. He's the tent pole, as it were. Yeah, I feel like since Chucky came about in was it nineteen eighty eight? That, that the first sounds one right. Um, you are correct, sir. Hey, yes, I'm good at this kind of thing, dude. <laughs> What is happening? I Googled Child's Play and there is a scream emoji, like the ah, and a knife emoji. Like there's a, there's an emoji scene going on at the top of my Google. There's a guy screaming and a guy chasing him with a knife. That's a weird thing to have happen. But anyway, yeah, ever since Child's Play came out in 19... I want to Google more things and see <laughs> Um Chucky's always been around. I mean, you know, there were lulls. But, you know, you had Ch- Child's Play 1 through 3, and then you had, uh, was it Bride, Seed, Oh, look, Curse. If you do a Nightmare on Elm Street, it does it with a skull. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and then, of course, you got the Chucky series, which is going on currently in Season 3. Yep. I'm still behind on one episode, which I see there's a bit of a spoiler in this. I'm behind... Mo- Multiple seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't watched any of it, have you? No, I started it. Did you? I don't remember if I finished season one, but I definitely did not get into season two. Yeah, season one, honestly, it's a bit of a slog. It, it takes a bit to get through it, uh, but it, it really starts to pick up kind of like the towards the, the, the second half of it. And then season two and, and so far season three have been pretty good. Okay. Um. But I think I am behind on one episode, which I, th- I think that's what they actually talk about in this. Anyway, so yeah, Evil Dolls. Uh, it's, it's been pretty much a a mainstay in the in the in the horror genre for at least you know forty years, well close to it. Um, most recently there was Megan, which I did. You see that? Fuck no, me neither. <laughs> I, you know, it was so disappointing. A lot of people. 
I respect. I respect their opinions, you know, especially on horror movies. We're saying Megan was so good. It's like, man, nah. <laughs> Mithrigan? Huh? Mithrigan? Mithrigan. <clears throat> uh, anyways, but Don Mancini, Lana Russell? <laughs> no, that's not it. No. It's a different guy. Uh, that's Sal Bandini. I was watching Sleepy Hollow last night. I thought you were going to say you were watching Ready to Rumble. <laughs> and Martin Lando's in the movie for like 10 minutes. It's like, what a weird person to cast to not have in the whole movie. I already forgot what you said you were watching. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> I got distracted by Ready to Rumble. Fucking guy. <laughs> but yeah, he popped up on screen. It's like, ah, Sal Bandini. Does that sound like something you might be interested in? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Don Mancini was doing an interview with uh, Variety, presumably about Chucky, and naturally it was brought no, up. It was just about like his favorite fall sense. <laughs> <laughs> what he likes to bake. <laughs> it was like Variety's version of cribs. <laughs> it was Variety's version of better homes and gardens. <laughs> There is a, one of those entertainment magazines that does something. It's, it's basically like Cribs. I can't remember what magazine it is, but I've seen a handful of people do it. It's not as like obnoxious as Cribs. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, this is our kitchen. You know, we, we bought this house. We renovated the whole thing. It's great. You know, that, that kind of thing. They don't say, this is where the magic happens. <laughs> Best episode of Cribs is Red Man. When he's living in a little apartment. Like a shack? <laughs> And there's just like 30 people there. You know, that that show has actually come out as being, like it's been revealed as a total sham. Really? Yeah, like like rented ma- uh, mansions, rented cars. Huh. Like, yeah, they'd be doing these things and like people would be walking around these houses that they've like never been in. So like, oh yeah, well, this is my, my game room. <laughs> this is where me and the boys hang out, you know, it's like. You never fucking stepped that in a foot in this house before. You never surfed, you fucking liar. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so Variety was interviewing him, and of course the idea of Chucky versus Megan came up, and he didn't shoot it down. Why not? <laughs> I would have I would have like shot that down immediately. It's like that is never gonna happen. It's like what do you think about the possibility of uh, Chucky and Megan maybe like, you know, having a little Little brawl, I'd be like, not as long as I'm fucking alive. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like just because they're too, they're dolls doesn't mean they have anything to do with each other. Yeah. Um uh, he said, I would say stay tuned. Well, that to me sounds like it's definitely happening. Mm. As Variety notes in their interview with Mancini, both properties are owned by NBC Universal. Which of course is a subsidiary of Shinehard Wig <laughs> Company. <coughs> uh, so the idea of Chucky versus Megan uh, is not a, as far fetched as it may sound. Well, that's, that's that's saying a lot because it sounds very far fetched. Yeah, it sounds forced, is what it is. I saw they also brought up. Um, oh, it's the next line. Go ahead and read that. Uh, Mancini also notes in the same interview that Chucky's current crisis in season three, which is that he's apt. Uh, that he's rapidly aging and seemingly dying. How does he age? I, I, this is, like I said, I'm behind an episode, and I assume this is all revealed in, in the most recent episode. Hmm. Um, will force him to contend with legitimate new contenders to the throne 
Like Megan and... Oh, no. What do you mean Annabelle? Annabelle doesn't do anything. Annabelle is also not owned by Shine Hartwig Company or Cable Town <laughs> or any of the subsidiaries. But it's like... An- Annabelle just sits there, right? I, I don't know what Annabelle does. I mean, she's not like a living doll like like, like Megan. She, wasn't she possessed or something? It's, it's, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Annabelle... I mean, I mean, Chucky is possessed, but... Sure. But a different kind of possession. Like yeah. Annabelle, it just sits there and it's like, I curse you, I curse you. <laughs> like Danhausen? Does he do that? He curses people, yeah. Oh, okay. He, he goes like this. There's actually, he's in the video game. They just added him as a DLC. And when you're pulling weapons from under the ring, sometimes you'll pull him out and he'll curse you. <laughs> that guy's fucking weird. He's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, he worked whack once. Oh, did he? Yeah. And when he shows up, he's just like, oh, hi, I'm Donovan. Nice to meet you. You know, and as soon as he puts the face His name's on, not even Dan? His name is Donovan Danhausen. Oh, his real last name is Danhausen. I believe so. Okay. But yeah, he's just like, you know, hi, I'm Donovan, nice to meet you, and everything. And as soon as he puts the makeup on, I was just like, hey, Dan Housen? He's like, yes! <laughs> he's method. He's, yeah, like I said, as soon as the makeup goes on, he's in character. I mean, I've obviously never watched him wrestle or anything, but he's been on Joe Bob a couple times, and yeah, he's, he's a character. Um, <clears throat> His finishing move is the pin. The pin? Yeah, where he just, like, he pins you. <laughs> Okay. He also punches people in the crotch. Well, isn't that not allowed? Well, he doesn't do it when the ref's looking. Sure. Or he does it before the bell rings. <laughs> ha! Um, uh, let's see. Mancy, uh, so contenders to the throne like Megan and what is, Annabelle. What is, what is, contenders to the throne. What the fuck does that mean? That was dumb. Honestly, like, I'm wondering how Chucky's going to get out of this because <laughs> like, you remember at the end of curse of chucky there were many Chuckies. many chuckies they're no longer around they've all been slowly killed off or destroyed okay so there's just one chucky left okay um and uh he yeah it's a, but uh, you know like i said he's he's the only one left and there are, th- you know, multiple people trying to find him and, and destroy him, which you know presumably would happen at some point because it's happened at least once in every season so far. Because, <laughs> but then he just jumps into a different body. Yeah. But if he's the last good guy doll, like in existence, then I like I don't know where this is. This may be the last season. <laughs> and why can't Charles Lee Ray just like possess something else? He did actually. He possessed. Um, um, the hell's her name? His, his one Fiona Dorf plays. I can't remember the character's name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He split his soul and he you know put it in all these other dolls. But he also like I think it was Chucky Prime is kind of what they referred to him as went into uh, her. So it, yeah, why didn't he just possess a person or like a Teddy Ruxpin or something? Like I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know why he insists on going back into a doll. <laughs> And something that never seems to become an issue, like it did in the film series, is the fact that when he's staying in the doll for too long, he be like he starts to become the doll. Like he's not just possessing the doll anymore. He's actually like 
becoming flesh and bone. Oh. That never really seems to become an issue. Yeah. In in the TV show. I mean, aside from him being, you know, tortured and ripped apart. And, and apparently stuff. aging and yeah. dying. Die, die, die. Uh he has to deal with that place for himself in the pop culture world. And that's how we really touch the ground with Chucky. We give this off-the-wall character a crisis that has a sting of real pain in real life, but it just makes him angrier, and you know, just makes him angrier, and you know what happens when Chucky gets angry. Uh, this the idea of Megan and Chucky going head to head just because they're both dolls is like I can't reconcile that in my head. <laughs> like I can't make that not stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just so like hackneyed. It's it's forced is what it is. Yeah. And it's like, you know, think about I guess probably the most notable crossover in horror was Freddy versus Jason. Jason. But the 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 legacy of these two uh it intertwined so well. Mm-hmm. Some of it was a reach. I'll, I'll... sure. And I mean there was how many different scripts before the one that actually got made. Yeah, over the course of however many yeah, years. Yeah, 10 years or something like that. More than that. Because they wanted to make it um, when Jason Goes to Hell came out. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> or no, I guess they were hinting at it, but it, you know, shortly after, obviously, that became the talk of the town. Yeah. Anyway. That's... I'm just... And also, I'm just fucking sick of Megan. <laughs> I am so sick of just seeing it everywhere. It's it's been out for over a year, right? Uh, sure. And I'm I'm so sick of hearing about it. I'm so sick of people dressing up as Megan, and I am sick to death of watching people do that fucking dance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So if I never saw Megan again, it would be Aren't too. Are they soon. making like a Mathrigan two or something? Oh, like that? I'm sure. Anyway. I just, yeah, like if all, I am more than happy to see more seasons of Chucky, more Chucky movies, not Child's Play. <laughs> For legal reasons. Well, also Child's Play was terrible. <laughs> the new one. Oh, that's okay. Yes. You saw that, right? Yeah. We did it on the show. Did we? Yeah. Did we do like a double header or something? I don't think so. We should have. We should have, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> should have done a lot of things in the past 10 years. Yeah. Like marketed ourselves better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Just because you have a killer doll doesn't mean you have to fucking force it down everybody's goddamn throat. And that's what I have to say about that. Welcome to my Baby, take control now. We can't even slow All right, so uh, for our final story in horror business, this is kind of a... What? <laughs> huh? So we've seen a lot of horror video games coming out lately based horror. on horror. Based on, you know, Friday the 13th, Evil Dead, most recently uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So obviously the next horror movie to get a video game adaptation 
is, of course, Barbarian. Naturally. <laughs> uh, Diversion 3 Entertainment will lead the creative team at adapting Barbarian. Uh, having Diversion 3 Entertainment on board is a big deal because this is the company that made Friday the 13th the game and Evil Dead the game, or worked on. Uh, who is this? Tom Hess, executive producer at Diversion 3, said we're very excited to work with the team at New Regency to expand on the settings, characters, and creatures of Barbarian. There's only the one creature. There's only one creature, the mother, yeah. yeah was the, well, I guess she call. wasn't the Barbarian. It was the guy. It was Break. It was, it was, it was the Barbarian. Yeah. Not, I presume. Or maybe Justin Long was the barbarian. <laughs> I guess it kind of was. <laughs> uh, the film did a magnificent job of not only scaring audiences with its unexpected and horrifying twists and turns, but also in establishing strong characters thrown into terrifying situations. We look forward to exploring these themes further in the game. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Unless you do like a, I don't know. Five Nights at Freddy's type thing. Just yeah. Wandering around in the dark. Which, by the way, that movie. <laughs> Did you watch it? No, but I heard nothing but bad things. I It apparently made a shit ton of money, so there's going to be a Six Nights at Freddy's, but or whatever the sequel would be. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there were going to be tons of people watching it. There was no doubt oh, about yeah. that. It was funny because uh, Kevin said to me, he was like, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. He's like, it doesn't know if it wants to be a family drama or a horror movie. How do you make both? Uh, with the With the... The theme, like I don't the, the subject matter. How do you make either of those movies? I don't know. But it's funny because after he said that, I then saw two different reviews that said the exact same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like almost word for word. One called it 80% family drama, 20% horror movie. Mm. No good. Uh, just watch Wally's Wonderworld instead. And also, yeah. Or Wonderland, like, I mean. Fucking... Uh, I don't give a shit about Josh Hutcherson and his daughter. Josh Hutcherson, Nicolas Cage. Hmm. Yeah. But it's like, why would you include that in the movie? Who thought that was a good idea? I, I don't know. Like I haven't. So Tommy Blum. <laughs> it's like I haven't played the games, but I have a you know an understanding of how what the games are and how you know the the subject matter, how they're played, et cetera, et cetera. Uh and what I know about those games, a family drama element doesn't play into that at all. Right. So it's like, where did you get that and why? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Barbarian. Uh, expanding the Barbarian universe into gaming provides a new way to capture the horror that made the film such a success. We're thrilled to collaborate with the incredibly talented team at Diversion 3 Entertainment to immerse new and existing fans in this world. Added Yuriv Milshan chairman and CEO of New Regency Pictures. Um, like this, this couldn't be multiplayer, right? I don't know how you would make this multiplayer. I, would, I doubt it. I just, I, I can't, unless they make a completely new story. Right. With, you know, similar elements. I honestly don't know how they adapt this into a video game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't lend itself to you know, a video game convention. <laughs> Unless is the game that you're Richard Brake and you're just diddling Lonely Housewives? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> I think they made that game. It was called Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid 
other kids talking about that game. Um, but you know, from you know a ten year old perspective, obviously, yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I'm like, hey, Dad, can I play Leisure Suit Larry? No. <laughs> you remember BMX Triple X? Uh, I remember the game existing. I never played it, but and like everybody was like, "Oh man, it's gonna have porn in it. Like it's gonna there's gonna be actual porn in this game." And it was like scenes of strippers like f- would flash like really quickly. Like, <laughs> other than that, it was just like a BMX version of Tony Hawk, like. right? Uh, currently, there is no release date for the Barbarian video game adaptation. With more information on the game's developer and publisher coming soon. Yeah, you know, talking about the Friday Thirteenth game and Evil Dead, um, and I, I suppose we could add Texas Chainsaw to the mix because they're all fairly similar. Um, it's a lot about stalking in open spaces, mm-hmm. which is not the theme of Barbarian. No, not at all. And I'm just trying to think of like, except for like the last ten minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like movies and TV shows and stuff that have been adapted into video games. And most of the ones that I'm thinking of were like 30 years ago. <laughs> like like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis era. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Yeah. R.I.P. Biggie. One left. <laughs> so uh, I I assume they have a plan in mind. They, I just don't You'd understand. You think, right? Like... <laughs> Like, maybe once they're like, hey, here it is, and I see it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it now. Maybe. But right now, it ain't it. Or maybe they'll go, here it is, and you'll go, that's not what Barbarian's about, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is this? What is this? Like, this is about the movie? Justin Long's not even in this. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Skarsgård? <laughs> this movie about fucking Justin Long's character getting his ass kicked <laughs> over and over. Or a, not a movie, video game. Yeah, I'd watch that. Sure, yeah. I'd play it. But. I mean, not Justin Long, because I like Justin Long. but oh, like, I love Justin Long. Justin We're Long. going to talk about Justin Long in a minute. And <sighs> I started watching the new Goosebumps, too, and he's great in that. Of course. It's Justin Long. Yeah. He's great. The new. Have you watched any of the new Goosebumps? No. It's interesting, because yeah. the it's like an episodic series with like an overarching story that's kind of like... Riverdale-esque, you know, like football players and high school drama and bullshit. But then also each episode is kind of an anthology of a good different Goosebumps book. Huh. Okay. So yeah, it's interesting. Wait. By anthology, you mean it's like a like a each like it's a different each, story, but it exists in the same world. Okay, so yeah, each episode and, and they like do, a, they, there's another like a separate kind of B story that runs through out. Okay, so they're they're basically like standalone episodes rather than having like a a primary overarching. Uh, I would say they're they're more overarching, but they do have different stories, and each one is a okay. goosebump story. So. I'm trying to think of the right term I want to use. I guess contained episodes. Kind of. But also kind of not. I I, I get what you mean, I guess. I yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to... Articulate pull, it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Justin Long. Great. Great guy. Great guy. Maybe. I don't know. Hope he's not like a diddler or something. <laughs> That'd be heartbreaking. <laughs> More like 
Glad and Gary dip their <laughs> hairy balls into Ross's eager e- mouth. Eager, eager mouth yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, should we talk movies? Let's let's do let's it. Let's talk movies. Okay, here we are again with two film reviews for you guys. These movies are so new. So, so, so fucking new. So fresh. They're just glowing because they're so new. They're just, they still got that goo on them. That new movie goo. <laughs> new goo. <laughs> uh, we've got Dear David and Suitable Flesh. Suitable. Suitable. Like, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, this works. Yeah. Uh, which one should we start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with Dear David. Alice, engaging with trolls is like the worst possible use of your energy. Me and my internet friends, we be slipping. Since you joined BuzzFeed, your art got super lame. <laughs> and you die in a fire. Don't judge me. Sometimes you gotta troll the trolls. I just rolled up in my chest. find out who this handle belongs to you really think a weird account is haunting your apartment <gasps> dear david he was only 10 when his mother went insane linda it's dr landers this is not my son he is your son and you put him in a coma <laughs> oh my god dr landers All right, so we got to start off talking about the story that inspired this movie. Which we have discussed on the show before. We did. It was a real world horror story, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, There was a BuzzFeed um, artist named Adam Ellis who went on this lengthy Twitter uh, thread about how his house was being haunted by a young boy. And he, you know, he suffered from sleep paralysis and he would see this boy in his house and the boy had half of his skull was like crushed, smashed in. And he started, you know, taking photos. He had, would set up cameras overnight. He had like a pet camera and stuff and all kinds of weird stuff started happening. His cats, every night at midnight, his cats would start sniffing the door 
he would take pictures and you could see kind of shadowy figures and stuff. And at one point, like there's some very clear pictures of what appears to be a small child with a caved in head standing right next to his bed while he sleeps. And this went on for, for months. It started in August of 2017 and went until, um, ba, 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 ba. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, until June of 2018. So almost a full, a full year of this going on. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, um, you know, somebody bought the rights and made it into a movie and here we are. Uh, it was directed by John McPhail, which is, um, unfortunate, uh, apt spoiler. (laughs) 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 A story by Mike Van Ways and Evan Turner based on a screenplay by Mike Van Ways and obviously based on uh, the the tweets of Adam Ellis. Because it's t- the 2020s and that's what we do now. Right. <laughs> so this uh, movie starts out, we get a quick kind of cold open in 1996. We see David and he's he's on AIM, <laughs> which maybe some of you out there are old, are old enough to remember AIM. And you would the door would open when when your friends got online who go yeah and then when they left it go junk right and he's he's getting bullied on did you ever like like go online offline online offline to get somebody's attention no Lynn knows but we see David getting bu- online bullied. He posts like a picture of some monster or something that he drew and all these kids are just, I mean, we say kids, but we don't know who they are. They could be 40 year old men. They're just like, why are you such a loser? You should kill yourself. <laughs> I'm going to say it was probably kids because I don't probably. think adults had anything to do with instant messenger. That's true. I think AOL probably started that uh, under the impression that it would be something similar to like, well, like Microsoft Teams is now. Yeah. But uh, no. <laughs> Fast forward to 2017, um, and we see these two young boys, and they're like openly just trolling these these chat rooms. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get banned from each one because it's apparently fun times for kids. I don't know. I don't understand it. Were chat rooms are they still a thing? Are there still chat rooms? I mean, I think there's like chat roulette and stuff. I think it was kind of that. Do people actually talk on there or do they just they show just, each other the buttholes? <laughs> Look at it, Jalen. <laughs> they just show him and his butt him they just, buttholes. They just have you seen the, the Kermit ones? Yes. <laughs> Those are good ones. I to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, and this this user pops up and his name is dear David. And he says, you know, you can ask me three questions or you can ask me two questions, but not three. And they're just like, why are you such a loser? And he's just like, I don't know. gives him some answer about how I don't remember what he says. He's good enough to fuck your mother or something. (laughs) And they're just like, why don't you kill yourself? And he's like, cause then I wouldn't be able to see you die. And then they're like, how would I die? And he's like, alone, afraid of peeing in your bed. Yep. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 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 Fuck. 
cool. It's oddly specific. Yeah. Uh, we see Adam at his job at BuzzFeed. Well, that kid does die that way. He does, yes. Uh, it's And it's stupid. Puts, somebody puts their hand in their mouth, in his mouth. Yeah. Like some kind of weird fetish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam is at his job at BuzzFeed. Um, his his boss Bryce, played by Justin Long, who is so great in these kind of roles. He's American sweetheart, is what he is. Like I love him in these kind of roles where he's just like, he's so genuine, but also just a complete prick, right? <laughs> but he tells Adam and you know some of his coworkers that he needs more authentic original content. He's, you know, his art has kind of gotten kind of cliche and he's getting a lot of uh criticism on twitter too right. about his art yeah. yeah and he's he's starting to respond to the trolls which you never never feed the trolls you don't feed the trolls which his co-worker evelyn um played by uh, um, uh and- andrea bang of kim's convenience bang 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 a day bang i said a bang 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 a day bang a bang 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 um <laughs> she tells him you know don't don't feed the trolls. It's just gonna. It's, it's not. It's not gonna be good for anybody. Nah, dog. Uh, that night, Adam has a sleep paralysis nightmare, where he wakes up and he sees this young boy sitting in the rocking chair in his room, just kind of rocking back and forth. Uh, wait. Did you, did you mention that uh, this dear David? Uh, tweeted him saying that he had been who, being mean. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, he gets this response to he t- tells somebody to go die in a fire or something. Right. Was, is, that an, is that an internet thing? I think it was. Because everybody got much anymore. But. Okay. Because everybody got so fi- well, fired up about that. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> it's just like, that's. Is, is, that, a, is that a burn? <laughs> was, that, was that a sick burn in 2018? Oh, apparently. <laughs> Or 17, whatever it 17, was. 17, yeah. <coughs> yeah, then he gets this response from D. David. And it basically says, yeah, why are you so mean? And Because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> and David starts following him, and he is the only person that David is following. So he, you know, starts doing some Googling, looking for David... Daniel, Donovan, anything he can find of paranormal activity or, you know, kids who have died or something. Uh, Doesn't really, doesn't really find anything. But that night he sees David again. And he asks him, he says, you know, who are you? And he says, I'm just a follower. And he says, you know, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) And I don't, I don't remember what David says. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Because you were home. <laughs> then Adam, you know, he wakes up before he can ask a third question, which is not how it played out in real life. But yeah, no, I think very little of this is how it actually played out in life. Not true, actually. A lot of it is pretty close. Really? Um, but the stuff that is not is so fabricated and off base and doesn't fit with the rest of the story. <laughs> 
I think most of the tweets that they show are like almost verbatim his tweets. Oh well. Um, but yeah, so he starts kind of like he, he's talking to his boyfriend and he's saying, you know, my boss wants me to make more uh, diverse content, and his boyfriend is just like, he means gay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, you know, his art kind of starts to, to pick up again and then he decides he's going to start tweeting about this David situation and that's when his social media just explodes. Mm -hmm. But again, still getting so much criticism. People are like, oh, you're just doing this for attention. You're just trying to get clicks. And well, yeah, the big, bigger audience you have, the more people are going to come out of the woodwork and be trying to troll you. Right. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Like Tony said, he's got these people just saying he's full of shit and he's just doing all this for clout and which continues to this day. People still think he, you know, did this whole thing just to get this movie deal. Whether or not you believe that is up to you. Um, but he's, he starts having like, he immediately starts having these visions and they happen. I mean, I guess they're dreams because, but one happens while he's at work. I guess he fell asleep at his desk and he like sees this woman walking through the office and he follows her and all of a sudden he's in this convenience store and she starts talking to him about David and says, you know, you can ask him two questions, but never three, which I guess was something that David said to him. Was, yeah. This, they created this alternate ghost named, um, L loopy Linda. Linda. Yeah. Something Lin there's a adjective in there. It was loopy, loopy Linda, loopy Linda. Okay. Yeah, Loopy Linda was not anything that Adam Ellis ever tweeted about. He did say that he had um, a dream about... Or no, I guess it was David that told him what happened to him. Originally, in, in the... I, I have a hard time saying real. <laughs> <laughs> but in Adam Ellis's recanting of the events or recounting of the events. Um, he, David told him that he died because some, he was at a store and someone pushed a shelf on top of his head. In this, they give David this whole different backstory and they like give us insight into who David was and all the stuff that didn't really need to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so the the Dear David stuff starts picking up and Justin Long is just like, We gotta we gotta get on this. Like this is blowing up. We gotta, you know, I I need you to go front page of BuzzFeed with this story, which he does. I have to imagine that BuzzFeed, which is actually very, very much slimmed down its company model. Like they, they got rid of a lot of divisions, including their news. Which was actually becoming quite a thing. Yeah, but I can imagine working for a company like BuzzFeed, which is solely centered around clicks. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be just infuriating. Like I would, I would have a panic attack every day working for a company like that. Yeah, like there's this one coworker who's coming up with all these listicles. One of them was top ten Buffy episodes and what your favorite says about you. Right. Which is dead on exactly the kind of shit you find on like BuzzFeed or Ranker 
Yeah, and then what was the other one that they proposed in the meeting? Do you remember? Uh, no. It was something similar that was real stupid. But yeah, so both in real life and in the movie, he goes front uh, front page of BuzzFeed, and you know Bryce is telling him it needs to be more interactive. Start adding you know some gifs. I say gifs. Sorry if you think that's wrong. It's not. Um, according to the dictionary, both are acceptable. Right. But uh, yeah, he says you know add add more gifs, add more memes, make make it interactive. And so he decides to add a poll. Evelyn advises him to put a poll at the end about what he should do next. And it was, it was hire a medium, something else, and perform an exorcism. Yeah, I I can't remember. All I remember was the exorcism. I don't remember the, the other two options. So Yeah, which uh, in the actual story, there was no perform an exorcism. <laughs> But it gets, what, like 98% of the votes or something? Yeah. And their version of an exorcism is just like salting the doorway and Evelyn splashes some presumably holy water around and um, Adam's got one of those swinging things. Uh, Crucible? Is that what it's called? Like the smoke comes out, you know, and Papa uses them. Papa, Papa swings one on stage. Uh, let's see. Oh, so he asks his boyfriend to, his boyfriend has some kind of connection to some government agency or something. He asked him to help him find the owner of this Twitter account. Thurible. Thurible, that's what it's called? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, he asks him to help him find the owner of this Twitter account because he thinks, I don't know what he thinks. He thinks this this Twitter account is somehow connected to David, and if you can find the a Twitter account, it'll stop the ghost. Or does he think a ghost is tweeting at him? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know if he was. It seemed like maybe he was convinced that there could be a person behind this, or maybe I, I don't know. I mean, it seems logical, I guess, if you feel like you're being haunted by somebody who is at the helm of a Twitter account. It seems like a logical thing to at least find out who's operating the Twitter account. Yeah, but I mean, like, even if it gets you nowhere, do you really think that if you find that you're going to like, does he think this is a hologram in his room? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, it is the future. Contact David with a Ouija board. That was the other option. Mm, yes. With a pizza box Ouija board. I mean, he, so the option, the real options were contact David with a Ouija board, hire a medium and do a seance or save your apartment ASAP and salt the doorway. So that is basically what they do. They just, in the movie, they call it perform an exorcism. It's not an exorcism. That is not an exorcism. Thank you. Have um, they seen The Exorcist? Yeah, like you don't they didn't even say the power of Christ compels you. And you don't exercise a house. No, it's not a you thing. Exercise a person who is possessed. If you want to clear a house, you get Zelda Rubenstein. That's right. They didn't. And then she they says didn't, this house is clear. And they didn't even use sage. She just had holy water that she was. Oh, they didn't smudge. No. That's weird. Yeah. That's like a... Like even people who don't believe in that kind of shit do that. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. At one point, he hires a medium, and she just kind of wanders around his apartment and says stuff, and then disappears and is never seen from again. Yeah, she looks like somebody you'd pick up at, or that you'd find at like a smoothie shop. Right. Yeah, she's like in her twenties. Looks like it looks like she works at Urban Outfitters or something. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then this woman runs into him and tells him about Loopy Linda, and uh, uh, he looks more into Loopy Linda, and then. The last act of this movie is fucking dreadful. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I started falling asleep. Like, you, you know what would have made this movie better? If they told the actual fucking story. <laughs> like I said, the stuff that they added was nonsense. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that actually happened was creepier than what they had it. I think this probably would have been a better, I don't know, not, I guess documentary. I I can't think of a better word, but you know, having like interviews with Ellis, him like recounting his story. Yeah. And you know, like adding some kind of narrative to it rather than like, yeah, the movie. And you could have done like some recreations and stuff. Yeah. Sure. The, the the cinematic version of this. I mean, I thought the whole thing. I mean, you know, you know my stance on ghosts. Uh, so I thought the whole thing was a bit silly. I didn't really take it seriously to begin with. But this movie really did not help. <laughs> uh, it was just poorly executed. The 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 parts that were supposed to be frightening weren't. They were they seemed more silly. So this was written by the guy who wrote The Crooked Man, oh. which explains a lot. It does explain a lot. And that's my problem with so many ghost movies, and in particular James Wan movies, is they don't understand subtlety. And the creepiest part of any ghost movie is subtlety. Right. Also, why was David... Why did he appear to be a grown man with a tiny little body? <laughs> was that just me? No, like in some of the um, stills and stuff, you could, yeah, he looked like he had a giant head. Yeah. It looked like, yeah, they put an adult's head on it like a... Like, like, like Colin a, Robinson? Yes. Maybe, maybe Colin Robinson? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, fuck it. Spoiler alert, because I got I to gotta talk about this. So spoiler alert, put your fingers in your ears and say la 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 mm-hmm. if, if you don't want to hear it. But I'm telling you, don't watch this movie right now. Don't spend $7 on it. Um, so the end of this movie, you find out that David was in a coma for the past 21 years because his mom smashed his head in with a computer monitor because he was killing his father. Yeah. Did I miss why he was doing that? Because his father took his internet away. Ah, (laughs) as far as I can tell, that was the reason. Um, and yeah, he's been in a coma for 21 years, so he's not a child. Mm-hmm. He's got to be like in his 30s. But he he woke he awoke from a coma, which is mentioned at the beginning of the movie very briefly. Um, Justin Long mentions it, and then that you know triggers something in uh, in Adam's mind, and so he goes to find this guy and finds out that he actually did die. He woke up from his coma and then died. <laughs> That's the way she goes. <laughs> and so the, the guy at the hospital is just like, you know, are, are you 
family or like what's what's your relationship and he goes well i'm being haunted by the child version of him <laughs> and the guy's like all right well you're gonna want to talk to psychiatrics <laughs> and actually mentioning that part that was that kind of stuff it's like who who, who would say that nobody would say that yeah, it's right. Like, oh, well, you ought to go see psychi- or your psychiatric. Uh, no, you would say psychiatry. I'm a friend, friend well, of the friend of the family or no, something. No, no, like. I mean, I'm talking about the whole exchange and the guy and the fact that the guy said, "Oh, well, I think what you're looking for is the psychiatric uh, wing." It's like, what? <laughs> that would not be anybody anybody's response. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I just like the dialogue. I guess is, is what. I don't know. That that's something that can either make or break a movie is is the dialogue and like how it's exchanged between the actors and when one or one or both are the weak are weak, then the whole movie starts to fall apart. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he like he starts to get I guess possessed by David. Um David first David hacks into his phone and like installs grinder <laughs> and then uh starts sending mean texts right <laughs> and then eventually he like cuts himself because he's under the influence of david and at some point this guy wearing a mask that is the cartoon version of adam comes out of the shadows and turns adam into a video game yeah and then has him burn down his apartment yeah that's the movie that's what happens in the movie, I'm not making this up. Yeah, I'm going to presume that the real Adam Ellis did not, in fact, burn down his apartment. No, he did not. He, uh, like, like I said, his story is so much more interesting. So, after, like, he sees all this stuff with David, the stuff with his cats. That was real. Um, He s- starts seeing visions of David on the, because he, he moves upstairs at one point. That actually happened. And then he started seeing David on the roof in the of the building across the street. And he then one day he found there's a like it looks like an attic door. I think he calls it a hatch. But it's like above the stairs, so you can't really get to it. But he has his landlord come and open you know, get a ladder and open it, and there this child's shoe falls out. That's creepy. <laughs> You know, in conjunction with all this other stuff. Um, at one point, he goes to Japan. And while he's in Japan, he sees a statue of a kid with a smashed in head. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see. And then there's... In the movie, he has a dream where he's dragged by the arm through like a convenience store. Which they never explained why there's a convenience store. It makes sense when you know the, the story. Sure. He was killed in a convenience store but in the movie that doesn't make any sense and, and then he just he's like dragged to David's home and he wakes up with a bruise what actually happened was he had a dream where he was dragged through an empty warehouse and then the next day he walked he was walking to work and there was there's this warehouse that he said used to be full of like carts I don't know if it was like food carts or like shopping carts I don't know exactly what he meant but this is where they keep the shopping carts i guess i don't know but um and then that day it was completely abandoned Hmm. like just one day everybody was gone 
Um, the only thing about the actual story is it just kind of ends. There's no real like wrap up. It just kind of peters out. Right. Which of course, you know, leads to the theory that it's all make believe. Yeah, it, it is because it's about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the movie just starts to go in some crazy places. And then like one part, he's in David's room, but he he's talking to himself, like an evil version of himself. And it's just, oh, yeah, it's bad. I, like I said, I was starting to kind of nod off while I was watching this. And there was shit like that. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> like I had to back it up to make sure I saw what I thought I saw. And it's like, oh, yeah, that still doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the actual story is so much more compelling and, and creepy and just interesting, but it doesn't end. It doesn't have an ending. So, yeah. but this ending is garbage. I, I'd argue that about 80% of the movie is garbage. I thought like the stuff that was accurate was, was pretty good. It was, it was, like I said, it was creepy. Yeah. It, it was, you know, tense and it was like a actual <laughs> ghost story, not some weird, I don't even want to call it a possession movie. I don't know what you would call it. So I thought there were there were parts of it that were good, and I think if they had stuck to the story closer, I think the Adam Ellis's story, whether it's true or not, is a better story than this. Yeah, I don't know if he was involved in any way. Like I know he's credited for you know story by, but I don't know if he was like a consultant or anything on it. Uh, I I would doubt that. <laughs> um. But uh, who knows? Maybe they just gave him a producer credit and called it good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was floating around his uh, social media pages yesterday uh, after watching this, and <clears throat> it was like he hasn't mentioned this at all. Like he hasn't said anything positive or negative or anything. Hmm. I wonder if it's just like, well, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything <laughs> right. <at all>. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't believe in ghosts, but you don't believe in werewolves or vampires either. So, like, <laughs> well, sure. But so, I mean, like, from that perspective, what did you think of? Not necessarily like the end where he turns into a video game and stuff, but like <laughs> the rest of the the story itself. No, it, like, yeah, I mean, the whole story, it seemed rushed. Um, and uh, because of that, well, it's like, it, it seemed like there was a lot of things that weren't important. Um, that they, they could have eliminated to help build out different parts. Um, but because there was just so much fodder that it it just seemed really rushed and the story didn't flow well to me. Um, and uh, I don't know. It just, it wasn't very interesting. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like I, said, I had a hard time keep, keeping my attention. Like I said, I was, was falling asleep because I just was having a really hard time giving a shit about any of it. 
Yeah, like I said, these th- filmmakers don't understand subtlety when it comes to these kind of movies. Yeah. And it's, you know, when, when I worked at The Haunted House, that was something that was always hammered into me was just like, you know, sometimes the creepiest thing can just be like a shadow in the corner, you know, as opposed to just like, I'm a ghost, boogity boo. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's... In this jump scare society that that has been built over the last what fifteen years or so, yeah, um, yeah, people have lost touch with with subtlety and just being creepy. It's like there was a point where I think it was the I think the creepiest part of the whole movie is when he first see I think it's the first, when he first sees. David and he's sitting in the chair um, and he doesn't do anything. Yeah. He just sits there. That's the creepiest part of the whole movie. Yeah. They should have done more of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they just, you gotta lean into it and, and overcomplicate things. And I'm like, even the, you know, I keep bringing it back to the, the actual story, but even the actual story does like escalate. It's not like, it's just like this happened. Oh, this happened again. Oh, this similar thing happened. And then it just ends like, you know, and that happens, that goes on and on for about 90 minutes. And then it just kind of ends. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I burned down my apartment and. Because he asked David a third question. That was, that was what made David turn him into a video game. <laughs> uh... And the fact that David was alive the whole time, like didn't make any sense. And the whole, like, as soon as they did the coma thing, I literally was just like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, I just, this didn't work for me. I mean, that's that's basically the most summed up thing I can say. Is just felt like the story was very was plotted out poorly, and I mean I think a lot of that was probably just the 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 the, the, the practice of trying to translate a series of tweets into a feature film. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's a big part of it, but also just adding in just the most cliched, hackneyed, you know, ghost movie bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those movies where, you know, you finish it up and it's just like, why did they even make this? <laughs> what was the point? Because <sighs> it was viral. It was viral fucking six years six ago. Six years ago. Gonna be more on the ball of that. Yeah, it's just like that TV show, the The Watcher. Mm, yeah, it's like that was more topical because that that just happened a couple years ago. Yeah, but even that wasn't very good because you're you're making a, a well, I guess it was a series, wasn't it? Um, out of a news article that you know, about people writing or somebody writing creepy letters. It's like that kind of stuff just it doesn't work well. I mean, you gotta hire like really good writers to to make that stuff work. Yeah. And when you start adding just like generic supernatural stuff, like it doesn't work. Yeah. And there's there's a fine line between like generic and derivative and then just like so out there it doesn't make any sense. Right. And this one did both. <laughs> it just it jump rope that line. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, 
not good. And like I said, not worth the $7. No, I, that's what pissed me off the most. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in this story, Google it. Because honestly, like I said, the, the actual series of tweets is more entertaining than this movie. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give it a three. Mm, I was going to say four. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this, I, don't, I don't know if it even deserves a four now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I thought I was being generous with three. <laughs> like literally the whole final act of the movie, I was I was groaning. I was audibly groaning and just being like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> uh, Which yeah. up until that point, I had been like kind of on the fence about it. Sure. And then just that whole last act just was so out there and just groan worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say three. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to... Um, Keep on moving. Keep on trucking. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the the new Joe Lynch joint uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft love, uh, short story uh, called Suitable Flesh. She has the perfect life, the perfect husband, Eat me. <laughs> the perfect career. I want to help you. I'm not so sure you can. The perfect flesh. From the twisted psyche of Joe Lynch. It felt so real. I was in his body. And the universe of H.P. Lovecraft. Who are you? Really? Italian, come on. Yeah, come on. Sorry. Wrong number. This is a magnificent body. It suits me. What's going on with you? Me? I'm just dandy. Brandy? You're that patient. What happened to Elizabeth Derby? You have to believe me, Danny. a fantasy to spice up your sex life. I think I'm losing my mind. That was the third time. It's forever. It's him. Hi, boys. I'll suck your cocks if you let me out. I guess I should clarify that the H.P. Lovecraft story is not called Suitable Flesh. The movie is. Oh, what's the story called? Uh, The Thing on the Doorstep. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, This movie uh, is, I mean, it's obviously based on Lovecraft, but it, you know, it really incorporates that Lovecraftian... um, 
world, I guess. I mean, I, it, it takes place in, in Arkham, Massachusetts, which, of course, is the fictional town that Lovecraft created. Um, it centers around um, people who who work or are associated with um, Miskatonic University. So, you know, familiar themes. And, of course, uh, the biggest familiar theme is Barbara Crampton, <laughs> right? Because uh, she is very in like in intertwined that's the word intertwined with the hp lovecraft film universe in one respect or another yes the hp lcu <laughs> she i mean she produces she's a producer on on a lot of these movies that have you know that are lovecraftian inspired or lovecraft inspired anyway like i said this is directed by joe lynch uh, we haven't seen a movie from him in a while. I guess was was Everly the last one? No, he's done something since then, right? I th- believe he has. Yeah, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the stars, like I said, Barbara Crampton. Mayhem. Mayhem that's right. Um. He did Point Blank in 2019? Mm, I don't think I know, I know that, one. that one. Yeah. Uh, it stars, uh, like I said, Barbara Crampton, but also has uh, Heather Graham and the guy from the Oneaters. Um, the guy from the Oneaters, Jonathan Shake. Who was he? Is it her husband? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I knew I direct, I recognized him, but the beard threw me off. Yeah, and yeah, he's what twenty five years older. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray and Joe Lynch were the orderlies. Was that Jonah Ray? Yeah. I didn't recognize him. Um, okay. Well, anyway. So uh, we open up uh, at... Well, it's, it says oh, at a psychiatric hospital, but this is Miskatonic University. So the psychi- psychiatric ward at Miskatonic. Right? I guess, yeah. That, right? I could swear the opening scene said... Miskatonic University. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, we see uh, Dr. Daniela Upton, uh, who's played by Barbara Crampton, or Babs, uh, as she likes to be called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get an upshot from inside of a, of a body bag opens up, and um, oh, you know, leaning over is Barbara Crampton, or, you know, well, she calls her Danny. So let's we'll say Danny and the um, um, mortician. No, that's not mortician. Medical examiner. That's the word. Yeah, Graham Skipper. Play by Graham Skipper. Um, Pathologist. Is That's the term? That's what he's credited as. Okay. So uh, they open up a body bag and they're just kind of like observing what we can't see because we're basically looking up from the position of the body and it's like man you know been mangled you know it used to be she says it used to be so beautiful and now in hindsight it's like what yeah <laughs> but anyway um yeah they're just kind of observing this 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 damage that's been done we we obviously can't see who it is or what's what's happened but uh, they're just very taken aback by the brutality 
in, in which the, this person's been killed. Uh, Danny goes to see uh, the presumed murderer, who is her friend, Dr. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Derby, uh, or Beth, as she goes by. Elizabeth! Elizabeth! <laughs> played by Heather Graham. Yes, played by Heather Graham. Um, which, Joe Lynch, how old is he? Uh, he's got to be in his late 40s, early 50s. He uses a lot of actresses that were very important to my formidable years. <laughs> very important to your, to your private time. <laughs> yes. Selma Hayek, Heather Graham. Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, to a lesser extent, but sure. Uh, both of them. I mean, they're, they've got a... Barbara Crampton, she's got to be in her 60s if she's a day. And I presume Heather Graham is, again, either in her late 40s or early 50s. Babs is 64. Okay. Heather Graham is 53. Okay. Just gorgeous. It's like these, these women don't age. Seriously. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Beth is locked up. She's been committed to this psychiatric, psychiatric ward, which is a bit weird. Yeah, she's in a, she's in a rubber room. Yeah, but you know, you 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 kill somebody, and usually you get you get locked up in in jail. I mean, kind of depends on the circumstances, but normally, yes, I suppose. Um, but, but if you're you know screaming the devil made me do it or something, sometimes they'll put you in a padded room. Sure. Um, I guess in hindsight, we don't really get this right away. It's it's more later on that we find out they're they're actually best friends. They've been best friends for years, uh, and they're colleagues. They're both psychiatrists, you know, or, or psychologists in the, in the, the head shrinking field. Um, and, uh, Beth is just frantic. She's like, did you, did you kill it? Did you cremate the body? And, you know, um, Danny is just trying to, to get her to calm down, get a hold of herself, uh, saying, no, we, we didn't do that. We have to run the, we have to do the, um, autopsy. It's like, no, you have to destroy the body. You have to get, you have to, I think she says you have to kill the brain or, or something. Yeah. And she says like, if it happens one more time, it's forever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, her frantic, just panicking, uh, is what leads us on to her start to kind of regale the story. Um, and so this whole, whole film is told from a past perspective, um, from, from Beth, um, we find out, we see that Beth, she, uh, again, she's a very successful therapist. Um, and, uh, you know, she, like I said, she's married to, uh, the guy from the you know, Eaters. Um, and just a very happy life. You know, she has, a, um, like I said, a successful practice and we see her at work and she's meeting with a client one day. And as this client is on his way out, a young boy, I, you know, not that young. Yeah, I mean, this actor—he's not playing tiddlywinks. <laughs> <laughs> this actor, I'm sure, is in his 20s somewhere, but he's—I assume he's probably playing 18, 19, maybe. Yeah, uh, he's the kid from the Babysitter. Yeah, he's also in the um, Christmas Chronicles movies. Right, <laughs> that's where I recognized him. 
I actually, I like, I recognized him, but I didn't know why. So I had to, I had to look up what he'd been in. Um, anyway, so he, uh, she meets with him and like, she says, you know, he basically has to talk her into back into her office because she's ready to leave for the day. Um, and he basically, he, he tells her that, that he's scared of his father, um, that he, he's worried what he'll do, you know, yada, yada, yada. So she immediately just, I, I don't know if, whether it's a professional thing or, or she felt some kind of connection to this kid, but she brings him back in his office or in her office and starts to talk to him. And, um, he, let's see. She, um, so this kid's name is, uh, Asa, Asa. Yeah. which he said his name, he said Asa Wait. Yeah. And it sounded like he said 808. I'm like, that's, that's exactly name. what I thought too. <laughs> I was like, is he a rapper or <laughs> DJ or something? <laughs> I'm DJ, DJ 808. Can you just call me eight? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, and he says that he is under the belief that his father is routinely possessing his body. Which, so, like, so there you go. The way he says it, he's saying, like, he wants my body. He wants my body. And I'm just like, oh, this, that, this guy's dad is diddling him. Yeah, this is getting Nicky. But then he gets a phone call on his flip phone. Yeah. And then he starts going on into his, convulsion. On his razor. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, don't do it. You don't, you better not. Yeah. And I'm just like, just hang up the phone. Yeah. It's like, we've won. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Hello. <laughs> That's why, like, the threat of cell phones in any movie is so ridiculous. Yeah, just, just turn them off. Yeah, just take the battery out. I mean, it's like this has been well covered in forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? It's like, just just don't do it. Just don't answer the phone. If you, especially if you know it's coming. Yeah, like if like he probably saw his caller ID. It's like, oh, dad. It's like, well, I know what he wants. He no, he does. He looks at the phone. And he says, "Oh, it's him." Yeah. So yeah, don't answer. Anyway, so voicemail. He, after talking to his dad, he just starts going into convulsions. Elizabeth obviously thinks that he's having some kind of seizure, but this uh, kid stands up, and he's he's suddenly he's Joe Cool. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a different person. Uh, he's he's the the scared puppy dog. Look of this kid has been replaced by, yeah, he's just some kind of cool guy, slick back Joe. There's like, man, like this guy just walks around. And he's like, man, I, I fuck, and he does. He fucks. <laughs> he fucks anything that moves. He he walks up to Beth and just grabs her by the pussy. Yep. So when you're famous, they let you do it. <laughs> Little do we know that his father is actually Donald Trump. That would explain so much. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm combining th- scenes in my head, and so I'm trying to straighten it out. Um, anyway, so she's she's she's, she's fascinated by this kid because does he turn back while he's still in there in the office, or does he leave? I think he leaves. Okay, but yeah, he just kind of leaves his like. His f- fuck musk, like behind <laughs> his fuck musk, <laughs> and it's just it's got. 
And uh, it's just got Elizabeth so fucking hot. Oh, she, she's smitten. She goes she's home. She's Twitter-pated. <laughs> she goes home, and she's having fucking vanilla sex with her husband. Dude, that looked like the most boring fucking right? sex. <laughs> like, he's just going, mm, 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 mm. I just came. <laughs> <laughs> is that two forgetting Sarah Marshall references? It is, in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I tell you, there's I gonna be. A ba- f- I have a ball gag. Do you want to gag me? Kind of I- now. <laughs> Carla Gallo. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I, I'll tell you. I already know there's gonna be a third reference because I've already got the end song picked out. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So she's having. Like I said, just boring white person sex with with her husband, uh, but then she starts imagining this kid, this Asa, uh, who's just giving her that good fucking yeah. And then she like gets on top and starts yeah. grinding, um, and uh, then I think it's the next next day or a, a following day. Um, let's see. Uh, um, Asa comes back to her office. No, she goes to his house. She goes to oh, Asa's yeah, house. I think he he goes to her office first, and then she goes with him to, to his house. No, she goes alone. I'm just I was trying to remember. Oh, yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. So she goes to his house because he had given her his address. That's right. Um, yeah, because he tried to get her to go the first time, and she wouldn't go. Right. Um, and. She goes to the house and it, it looks almost abandoned from the outside. That's a nice house, though. Yeah, it is. Um, Stanzos, they're nice. Mm. <laughs> Would you like, was it 100 Stanzo fedoras? I think it was 50. 50. They're Stanzos, they're nice. What about 5,000 plastic meatballs? <laughs> Look like little pieces of shit. Uh, God damn it. Um, try to keep this together and keep getting <laughs> off the rails. Uh, Bruce Davison. Yes. So she goes into the house uninvited. Um, and yeah, she goes into this office and finds a, a decrepit old Bruce Davidson. Um, AKA the dad from Harry and the Hendersons, the TV show. <laughs> I was going to say that was John Lithgow. Yeah. <laughs> um, A.K.A. the senator that melts in X2. Right. And looks like fucking uh, Mitch McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) Like Um, when he's half melted, that's what he looks like, Mitch McConnell. Right. So she goes in and she's talking to, or she, you know, introduces herself. And uh, yeah, Ace's dad is just, he's a real fucker. He's just a complete asshole. He's got this weird, slightly British accent that doesn't, make any sense i think it's a mid-atlantic accent <laughs> it's like I'm, i brought it back <laughs> well it's just like it's like why is he why is he why is he doing that <laughs> I, I don't know um but yeah he says that um he was paralyzed or no not paralyzed but he's had a stroke a heart he was attack. stricken <laughs> stricken yeah um yeah and he's got like a yeah, he's got the, the claw yeah i get that when i play too much miss pac-man this is no, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Miss Pac-Man. 
Um, well, she has a bow on her head. <laughs> Get right out of town. Um, so yeah, she, she goes there and like, yeah, he's a real fucker. Like he doesn't clearly doesn't seem to give a shit about his son. Um, and is more interested about smoking s- smack doobie joints. Smoky bear. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think it was just tobacco, wasn't it? I don't know. He was sure nursing that like it was fucking joint. Um, a fat, fatty, boom, batty blunt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, anyway, but yeah, she kind of starts digging into him a little bit and he gets pissed off and pulls out this big fucking sword or something. This big Kandarian dagger. Um, and, uh, she, Runs off, and that night, Asa calls her and comes back to, so she asks her to come back to his house, um, and she walks in and finds his dad on the floor dying. Dying, dying, dying. dying. <laughs> Deadsies, um, Deadwood. Actually, I guess she, when she walked in the first time, she, she thought was, he was dead. Was she was having some kind of pa- uh, heart attack? Yeah, and she says pills, pills, and gives gives him his pills, and you know he takes his pill, whatever it is, and he he settles down. Yeah. Well, he walks in and he's he's doing the same thing, asking for his pills, and Asa says, "No, don't you know, don't give it to him. You yeah, know, let him die, let him die." And then once he appears to be dead, he says, "Okay, we got to cut off his head." Yeah. <laughs> We got to destroy his brain. Um, and he says, because if he switches bodies again, it's it's forever. Like, he can't get, like, they'll switch bodies forever. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, Beth won't do it. She obviously is very apprehensive and, go figure, doesn't believe what, what Ace is saying. <laughs> Um, still thinks that he's a very sick boy. And, uh, then we find out that his dad is actually alive. He grabs Asa by the, by the, by the shirt and whispers an incantation in his ear. And they do the old presto changeo. The old freaky Friday. Yep. Uh, Random, random, yeah, lights, says, random light switch check. I wish you could be me for just one day. And <laughs> they, they, random light switch check. That's not a thing. <laughs> um, they switch bodies, and um, they think that he, he's, he's now that Ace is in his name's Ephraim, I guess. Now that his He's in Ephraim's body. They believe that he's died of a, of a heart attack or, or whatever was going on with him. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's back to his his suave, cool his, guy, his Stefan Urkel. <laughs> and you know, I don't understand what's getting getting her so hot about this kid. Like he's a pretty standard looking kid. I mean, he's he, not, he's he not, looks like a young Joe Lynch. Fair. <laughs> But I mean, he's got like this long, greasy looking hair. Mm-hmm. He wears a fucking hoodie every day, like yeah. like Nick Miller. Same <laughs> uh, same color. Yeah. And so it's like, what exactly is is turning her on about this kid? Aside from, like, I can tell the you, Florence Nightingale thing. Maybe. 
Now, maybe I'm setting myself up for an attack here, but I don't know that I've ever turned a woman on with just my personality. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) And I can tell you, this crusty old fuck, you know, who who was Bruce Davidson's character, who's now possessed his son, I can guarantee you that there's a very small subsection of women that that would actually appeal to. I don't know. Girls like bad boys. Do fucking 50-year-old women like bad boys? 50-year-old psychologists? Yeah. No, probably not. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. um, They fuck. Yeah, they fuck. Let's do it. Let's fuck. (laughs) I'm ready. Um... Anyway, so it's a whole after they they so they're they're having sex and you know he's he's banging her on the table and then he starts saying the incantation again. Yeah, he's like, Yeah, you like that? You like that? Ipso facto clatu barata nicto or whatever. Yeah. Like, she's like, What? Yeah, this is some funky dirty talk. <laughs> uh she like it the dirty talk. So they switch bodies while they're having sex. They're all like, <laughs> which would be what? Yeah, all of a sudden, you're fucking yourself. Yeah, like I don't even. I wouldn't know how to wrap my head around that, <laughs> especially because it was like mid coitus. Like if we did it beforehand, it's like okay, we're gonna do this thing. I guess. <laughs> uh, at least I'd have some time to process it, right? But like while we're doing it and then suddenly it switches, it's like, wait a minute. You just look up and you're inside you? Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. This is all wrong. <laughs> I don't like this. Or do I? Or do I? <laughs> anyway. I uh, am a good lover. <laughs> um, or the opposite. Where you're just like, oh. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> Has every woman been lying to me ever? <laughs> anyway, so they've switched bodies, and uh, she doesn't really understand what happened because apparently the first time is the fastest <laughs> and the most painful, right? Which is a euphemism, I'm sure. It has to be. So they uh, they switch bodies. Uh, um, you know, they switch back, and. The next day, or I don't know if it's the next day, but later on, she's back at home. And uh, he has handcuffed himself to a post in, a, in the basement and then calls her. And I don't know why she answered the phone. It's like she... That's what I'm saying. Is that, she's so hot on this kid. After all this weird shit, she was just an accessory to a murder. <laughs> Essentially, they had sex wherein she may or may not have switched bodies with him and she still answers his call. It's like, is the dick that good? Or is it just, I mean, maybe it's just a curiosity thing at this point or well, like, well, you know what they say? Curiosity did to the cat. Dead. Done. It killed it. Done. Killed it. Um, she answers the phone and, uh, he says the incantation again. Cause of course, what the fuck were you expecting? Who would have seen that coming? And they switch bodies again. Um, and I guess each time, like it's up to three times before it's permanent, each one gets progressively longer. So she, he basically invades her life. He goes down and he has sex with her husband, which 
is 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 weird until later when you kind of understand what's going on. Yeah, but they have violent knife sex. <laughs> right. And he is into it. Yeah. That's something you don't want to find out. No. Is that your spouse has a kink that you're not into. Right. Especially because they think that you're into it. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Especially if that kink is something like cutting. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and she's, That's... you know, she's smoking. And he's like, you you don't smoke? What's this? And, you know, she basically brushes it off. But then when she switches back, he lights up a cigarette. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, having a, you know, having a smoke. I'm so glad I don't have to hide this anymore. It's like, that's the kind of shit, like, you don't want to find that out. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't want it to get out. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, there's this, the rest of the movie is just this kind of back and forth between, uh, or, you know, Beth and Asa. And, you know, obviously Beth is trying to convince Danny, mostly Danny, of what's going on. Um, and now that, oh, I guess I left out that Asa cuts off Ephraim's head. Well, I should say Ephraim cuts off Asa's head because they've switched bodies. Mm -hmm. So Asa's gone. <laughs> Even though they still call him Asa throughout the rest of the movie. Right. And then... I can't remember how it happens, but the house lights on fire. And so now they've got cops sniffing around because she called 911 when Ephraim was having a heart attack. Um, so, yeah, it just becomes this more, more and more complicated thing, you know, with this outlandish story. It's like, oh, yeah, this kid's switching bodies with me. Um, and uh, she's just trying as hard as she can to stay away from him so he can't do it the third time. Um because then she knows she loses her body forever. Um, and yeah. There's a lot of a lot of body swapping. Yeah. A whole, I'd say this, of all the body swap movies I've seen, this is the most body swapping. Yeah, it's... I, I don't body think... Body swapping. We'd be body I'm, swapping. I'm hard-pressed to think of another movie where the bodies swap. It's not like a body snatching situation. The yeah. empties. Don't ask me what happens to the empties. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we joked about it, but Freaky Friday is the only one I can think right. of. Right, yeah, I guess. Or, or yeah, the, the the Freaky Friday knockoffs. Right. Change up. Is that the one with Judd Reinhold? No, I think that's, I think that's the one with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman. Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of the one with Judd Nelson. Hi, my name's Judd. <laughs> and, uh, or Judge. Um, and, that's uh, Judd Reinhold. What did I say? You said Judd Nelson. Are you talking oh. about Judd Nelson or are you talking about Judd Reinhold? <laughs> Hi, my name's Judge. The one with Judge Reinhold and Frank, uh, not Frank Savage, Fred Savage. Doing great with names today. <laughs> you, you don't know that one? I don't think so. I can't think of the title, but I mean, it is I feel friend. like that's not the first time you've said Frank Savage either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Frank Savage sounds like a mobster or something. It does. Vice versa. That's the one. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't want to give away the ending, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think? I would never have guessed this was a Lovecraft story because it didn't have tentacle. There's monsters. no tentacles. There's no goo. There's no giant lizard monsters. Yeah. Or giant squid monsters. Like, there's a book which I it's 
some kind of Necronomicon or something that has pictures of what appears to be Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, there's really nothing Lovecraftian in this story. Yeah, the incantation sounds very Lovecraftian. I guess that's true, yeah. But yeah, aside from that, um, and I mean, of course, the the obvious stuff, like, you know, the, the inclusion of like Miskatonic. Oh, yeah. And Babs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Babs is in it. You just kind of assume it's a Lovecraft story. Um, but, uh, I liked it. I liked it too. Uh, yeah. I mean, like there wasn't a lot of like gore. No. Which, which is something you almost expect from Joe Lynch. Although at the end, there is one person that gets pretty mangled. Well, th- th- yeah, I was, I was going to say there's, there's one part that's, I think encompasses, I'd say 99% of any of the gore in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it's it's that's not bad. I mean that's that's fine. It worked it worked out fine. Um, th- it was there when it needed to be. Yeah, like you did see Bruce Davison get completely depacketated. Right. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you think of movies like Everly and Mayhem in particular, just so much blood, mm-hmm. and this almost none. Yeah. Um, except for that part, obviously. <clears throat> I was telling my girlfriend like it's because she. She saw what's up in the room when the credits were rolling, and she was like, "Oh, Joe Lynch, that's that guy from Holliston." And I was like, "Yeah, it's really funny how Adam Green makes just like these super campy, over the top slasher flicks." And she was like, "What you would expect from Holliston?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and then Joe Lynch makes this, right? And it's not good or bad. It's just so funny that like Adam Green is more what you would expect from these guys. Yeah. And honestly, I think Joe Lynch is a better director. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I, I'd say, well, I guess he probably does get more work because well, Adam, most of uh, green stuff, I feel, is stuff that he's written. Yeah. And that might be his, just his personality. It might type. be, yeah. Because <laughs> um, he, what, he, didn't he do something that he didn't write and he said he didn't like it? I think so. That sounds familiar. I think he might have talked about that on Movie Crypt or something. Yeah. Regardless. But anyway, yeah, this all worked really well. I mean, the, the, the cast was great. I mean, Heather Graham is not somebody that I would think to cast in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do see her boobies. You do. You Like, you keep thinking you're going to see them, and then you and don't. Then you, and then, then you, you do. finally do. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh. You got me, Lynch. You got me. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do it. And they, I tell you guys, like on a personal level, they still look great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I said, you. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a, a great story that all flowed really well. You know, I watched the trailer and it's like, I wanted to do this because it was Joe Lynch. That was my main motivation. Mm-hmm. But watching the trailer, I'm like, I don't know if I understand this. <laughs> but having seen it now, I, I it, it works perfectly. It's all, it all makes perfect sense. There's there's nothing confusing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all laid out pretty pretty clearly. Um, they do the like very. I don't want to say stereotypical, but very kind of classic. Like even cartoons do it. Where it's like. Oh no! I'm the real this person. They're the fake. Right. Kill them. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wait, who's the real one? Yeah. 
some some of the surprises are a little te- telegraphed, especially the ending. That was kind of disappointing. Um, because it's like it gets to the end and you're supposed to like wonder like who this person actually is. But you, it's like I already know. I already yeah. know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that was a little disappointing, especially because it was if it, it, I mean it, I guess the secretive element of it wasn't really hidden from the audience for the rest of the movie. So maybe that that was in line with that, but I would have liked to get that, at least that one surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not it was supposed to be a surprise, I, I couldn't say for sure, but it, it, it seemed like it. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that maybe I didn't like so much. Um, Well, I mean, it was, it was a pretty solid movie. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything to to add? I mean, there there definitely were some parts where you were kind of like, no, wait, is this person themselves or did they switch again? Yeah. But it's it's not like so convoluted that you lose track, really. And even if you do, it's only kind of temporary and it does a pretty good job of showing you real quick who is who. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a part where there are three body swaps in like a 10 minute period. Mm -hmm. And at no point did I lose the thread. Yeah. And like the, the kid um, who plays Asa, uh, Judah Lewis does a really good job of being two different characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I agree. Whether or not I, so like, you know, when he's supposed to be Ephraim, I didn't really get the same character from Bruce Davison and this kid. I agree with that, yes. Which wasn't too bad, I guess. I mean, since Bruce Davison's barely in this movie. But still, that that would have just taken, I think, more time, probably them working together to yeah. trying to kind of nail down a, a central character. But <clears throat> either way... Um, Anything anything we're leaving out? Anything you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, yeah. Like I said, solid little movie. Uh, this is a Shudder film, but it's not on Shudder. Both of these are Shudder films that aren't on Shudder. Was it your David? Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't notice that. I, I think so. I think I remember seeing Shudder at the beginning. Oh. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I presume it'll be on Shudder at some point, but it's not right now. So, yeah, you're going to drop. Uh, this one is also $7. Right. But this one is more worth it. Yeah, I, I wasn't upset about paying seven dollars for this. Um, but I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I probably would have been if it was bad. <laughs> well, sure, obviously. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, um, I am comfortable with giving this an. I'm going to say eight. Yeah, this is the Ocho. I was contemplating a nine, but I don't think, mm, I don't quite, think this, quite this there. is quite, quite a nine, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a solid eight. Yeah. Big, firm, big, eight. throbbing eight. <laughs> big, huge, eight. 
<laughs> so, was that a Patrick Warburton impression? <laughs> from, uh, um, well, I guess it wasn't directly from Brain Candy, but have you ever seen that? No. Kids in the Hall movie? Mm-mm. Oh, God, it's great. You sounded like Patrick Warburton when you did it. That was Mark McKinney. That was huge. I guess the, the voice that he's doing does kind of sound like Patrick Warburton, although I don't think it was an impression. Like, you and me are going to be doing those push-ups lying on your back. We're going to be working out muscles you didn't know you had. Big muscles. Hard muscles. <laughs> yeah. I was about to just start doing quotes from the opening of Soren, but I guess people probably don't want to hear that. <laughs> okay. That's it, guys. That's it. This was... Well, I mean, I say it was a long episode, but they're all fucking long. They're all long. Oh, that, that's, we make long episodes. <laughs> just, You're welcome. Just fucking We give you it. so much content, it's just all at, at once. Guys, listen to it in parts. It's fine. It's two weeks. You have two weeks to listen to it. Yeah. Listen to one episode. Or listen to Horror Business this week. Listen to the reviews next week. Sure. Then you'll have an episode every week. You can listen to one Horror Business story a day. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then it would be like those original podcasts that were like 15, 20 minutes long. Yeah. Not ours. We were never 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> what was our shortest episode? Like maybe an hour and a half? Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, aside from the, the fun size episodes. Right. Okay. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple weeks because we're back on that uh, regular Back on regular schedule. schedule. Back to your regular schedule program. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be talking about two more movies. Uh, which ones are those, Taylor? We're going to be talking about two brand new Shutter exclusives, uh, namely Elevator Game and The Puppetman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we always pick Shutter movies if we can't find anything else. <laughs> Pull back the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so get excited for that, guys. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, and uh, yeah. Taylor? Yes. <laughs> Where can they find us in the meantime? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars or 10 stars or however many stars. They'll let you leave stars. 20. 20, 20 stars. 69 stars. Seven, nice. Seven. <laughs> seven stars. Whatever it is, however many is the most, give us all the stars. Yeah. We need many stars. And also give us a review because that helps us move up the chart. Apple and them, they give a little more weight if you put something in the text box. doesn't really matter what it is. You can just tell us, uh, you know, your favorite type of cloud. Yeah, or like do like, like use the parentheses and the period and make boobs. Sure, yeah, do that. <laughs> and also follow us on social media. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and threads as Grave Plot Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're still on Twitter, unfortunately, as Grave underscore Plot. And uh, GraveplotFilmFest.com. Tickets on sale now. February 3rd, 2024. Get Cinemas, Seattle, Washington. Hope to see you there. Get them while they're hot. Hot. All right, guys. So until we meet again, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Oh, this ancient skies. I've had these wandering eyes. But you took me by surprise when you let me inside you. Inside of you, inside of you, there's got to be some part of me inside of you.
dreams inside. 